Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello, hello, happy new year, and welcome to our first 2019 episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends. First, Matthew Gatos. Hello. Bill Mead. Hi, everybody. And Rachel Calderon-Navarro. Hello. And we are here to kick off the month of January discussing children's films. So every week this month, we're going to be talking about children's films. going to put one up to a vote um, for near the end of the month, but it should be exciting. Rachel is kicking things. I'm sorry. Abby's making noise, too. Abby's making noise. noise Lots of noises. (laughs) Yay, 2019. What are we voting on, Nick? We're going to vote on what the final movie uh, that we're going to talk about is. I thought you meant we were going to, like, Pit these movies against each other. Oh no! In vote of like too. which one hurt the most? They're all different. They all hurt in different ways. Because huh. yeah. I've seen two of the movies now that we're going to be talking about. Because uh, the other one's going to be Mac and Me Ugh. for sure. Oh, I have not no. seen that one yet. I have seen it because it was done on this season of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Uh, that's how I started watching it, and then I fell asleep, or it's, more like I forced myself. Yeah, to it's <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Also, I am sick. Um, so this is great. <laughs> uh, Same here. It's, yeah, it's a. Uh, so if we the, sound more nasally than yeah. normal, oh man, yeah, it's really been a little bit brutal. Uh, how's everybody's New Year? Good. It's all right. I went to bed. Actually, no, we stayed up till twelve <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> accidentally? Oh, we, we were in bed at ten. That's the most parent sentence. Like, oh, I accidentally saw Whoops. the New Year. Yeah, Rachel. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Cool. I got really tired, and then I was like. All right, midnight. Okay, I'm going to sleep, kind of thing. But then I play, started playing more music, and then I st- ended up dancing to like two thirty by myself. <laughs> you wow. rallied, yeah, I rallied. You, rallied. you did. It's... I noticed, like at the party, you like turned up the music noticeably louder <laughs> near midnight. <laughs> like it suddenly oh, was that's just like, right. what's happened? Oh, yeah, I forgot. No. You guys all went to the same party. Well, Bill and I don't know if Bill did, but I don't party. I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't do anything. I couldn't. I w- I wanted to go, but uh, New Year's. And 4th of July are the days I can't go out because people use fireworks and I have a dog who it's the only thing she really gets scared by. Yeah. I did love that the invite, though, for this party said no pets except Abby. <laughs> it did? Yeah. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. I thought it said no pets and no children. No, it said no pets except Abby, I believe. Oh, well, I... Uh, Maybe. I, I read that out if that was I read true. that wrong. <laughs> yeah. I saw specifically no pets. It yeah. did get changed like partway yeah. through. Did it? So. The party moved locations. The details changed. It wasn't always at Val's? No. No. What? <laughs> Next year, everyone listening is invited to this party. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that weekend, we decided what movie we were going to watch, and it is the 2003 thing. <laughs> uh, one. Uh, Mike Myers starring Bo Welch directed his only feature film uh, The Cat in the Hat Dr. Seuss's The Cat in the Hat this comes after the huge success huge success of The Grinch with Jim Carrey that even when the trailers came out I remember going I don't want to see that who wants to see that and then it made all kinds of money like it was it was I think it's one of Ron Howard's biggest hits turns out a lot of people wanted <laughs> yeah, to see that yeah a lot of people wanted to see that um, so but today we're going to be talking about that but before we get too far into it we have to do a 60 second plot dump and I hadn't decided until right, I haven't decided <laughs> yet I'm still deciding who's going to do the plot dump Rachel 
Uh-oh. You're doing the plot dump. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Wait, let me think for a second. That's okay. I got to pull up my app. Hold on. <laughs> it's a weird thing where a lot of things happen, but, but nothing, nothing really happens, 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 happens in this movie. <laughs> Are you ready to give this a shot? Okay. All yes. right. 2003 is a cat in the hat. 60 second plot dump in three, two, one. Cat in the hat. Starting Mike Myers uh, from Austin Powers <laughs> is about two children who live in... Uh, it's not Whoville. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Whoville, a place that's like Whoville, um, but it's not. In a place in Simi Valley, California, <laughs> who uh, need to clean, make sure that the house is clean because their mom is going to have a party for her work that night and her boss has a, a OCD or something. Something. Um, and... One child is all about rules. One other child is all about fun. But Cat in the Hat appears and tries to teach him a lesson. But craziness ensues. And then children learn lesson at the end, but not really sure why they need to. And house is clean and the end. Happily ever after. <laughs> Happily yeah, ever after. That, was, that was pretty accurate. And Alec Baldwin is also there. Yeah, and Alec oh, yeah. Baldwin is there. This movie has a reputation. Like before I had ever seen any of it, like I I was aware of its reputation. I remember the trailers being weird. I remember thinking again, like the Grinch, I don't want to see that. Who wants to see that? And then I thought to myself, well, the Grinch made tons of money, so I'm guessing this will make tons of money. As Matt pointed out before we started recording, this did not make a ton of money. But it made a chunk of money, but not enough to even make it profitable. Turns out nobody wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah. I think even the people who went to see it probably midway through were like, oh, oh, I don't want to see this. So I'll tell you, uh, before I tell you how much it grossed, guess how much it cost to make. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna make a guess, and I would love to hear what everybody else's guess is. <sighs> so this was 2003, shot in 2002. It looks, I'll talk more about this, but it looks pretty slick. So... I don't know. I'm gonna say a hundred and well, yeah. I'll say a, a hundred and forty million. Anybody else? Any guesses? I am very bad at this because <laughs> I don't usually pay attention to the budget. I was thinking for some reason I had in my brain eight million. <laughs> uh, so much closer to Nick's number. But I feel like now that I think about it, Mike Myers is in it so right like that would probably be at least 20 yeah 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 his, so, his at that time he was making a lot of money a lot of money mm-hmm. well uh bill you got a guess before i reveal I'm, the answer? I'm gonna go i'm gonna stick to 80 million right. okay the uh, budget of this which it says estimated because sometimes studios don't release these things especially when movies do poorly <laughs> uh was 109 million All right. uh and it grossed eventually uh, after a very disappointing opening weekend of thirty-eight million, oh no! Uh, <laughs> only one hundred and one million. Wow! Oh. So it made a third of its overall money in the opening weekend, and then everyone was like, "Don't, don't go." Word of mouth, right? Yeah. Word of mouth was like, "Don't do it, man." Yeah. Don't. And this was like a Thanksgiving weekend movie, two thousand three. Really? Oh like, no! Everyone, family fun time. Hang family out and... terrifying horror time. I think that's the problem. <laughs> So this movie has a reputation, as as we have stated. I have to say, I, I feel like I have no ties to the Cat in the Hat book. I probably read it when I was very, very young. 
but I don't remember it. I remember the art because it's Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. I remember the art, but I don't remember anything really about it except like little things. Thing one, thing two. You I know? remember thing one, thing two. It rains. The cat shows up to me. Have fun. That's it. And I, I yeah. So Bill rented the book, or <laughs> I, I got it at the free library box in the corner. <laughs> I, I have a two year old. I don't own this book yet. Okay, what? that's fair. Well, now you do. Yeah. How do you know? Well, no, he has to get that book back. I do. Yeah. You're supposed to. Who's <laughs> supposed to? Who's gonna miss it? Really? Uh, <laughs> so I have no ties to it. So I, I don't have. You know, I have feelings about adaptations and when they work and when they don't work. And I, this movie has a lot of problems, but I did not hate it. I was, I was disturbed by some moments in it. And I, I I think Bill and I were talking about this earlier in the day that I feel like this is a classic example of missing your shot. Like you took your shot and you just missed. You you, you miss y- yes. <laughs> you you misjudged the wind or something and you didn't even hit the target. Like you were just way off. You fell you over the, before you took the shot. <laughs> you were the cat sound when you shoot the arrow, you know? You just hear it off screen. Ah! Yes. Uh-huh. I was yeah. gonna I was gonna say you hear, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that cat. No. Not a six foot tall talking cat. So for me, <laughs> And this is weird too because I'm really disconnected from children's media. I uh, even when I was a kid, I liked Terminator and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like I never really the closest to children's stuff I got was like Transformers and GI Joe and and you know like battles and stuff. <laughs> and you know battles and and stuff. stuff. Yeah, you know can't forget the stuff. Um, so for me, I don't know. I, I it didn't it wasn't as painful as a lot of other things we'd watched on this show. Um, Rachel, on the other hand, I think you might have had some pain going on. Well, I feel like Sam, uh, my partner, kept looking back at me while I was <laughs> watching the movie. And my face, and I'll describe this, but I'm going to show the people I'm sitting with first, was like this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it, and the face was utter disgust, surprise, horror. Yeah, type of thing, and it's kind of coming from a background of how is how did this get made? Like, how is this happening? Am I really watching this kind of thing? And I don't usually. I feel like I usually am the type of person who will give a movie a chance mm-hmm. and like have a like I give it chances basically. Mm-hmm. But sure. this one, but this one was it was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, similar. I, I usually do. If I don't like a movie, I usually go. That wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. I don't see who this was for. This was not for anyone. I think we're going to have a longer discussion about that yeah. sentence yeah. right there. I don't know who this was for. Because yeah. yeah, I was, I was like thirteen when The Grinch came out, and I remember liking that and mm-hmm. seeing that. And I, as far as I know, I still like that movie because it's been a while since I've actually watched it. Uh, but then. By the time this came out, I was like 16. Ooh, that's a 13 to 16. That is a big change. A big jump. Especially yeah. as far as like, that's when you start having to like tell people you don't like things that you maybe do like because you want to be cool. Yeah. Like when I was so, in high school, it was, you weren't allowed to say you liked Metallica's Black Album, even though everybody loved it. Like everybody had that album and played it over and over again, but everybody's like, oh, they sold out. <laughs> See, and that was American Idiot Green Day. For oh, me. yeah. That's um, it. Yeah. <laughs> Generation. Um, but that's uh, so I think at 16 I would not have seen this in the theater 
and did not really have that much interest in it. Even like it wasn't a thing that I even had like trying to hide of like, I do really want to see that, but my friends would make fun of me. Like I didn't want to. The trailers look bad. But clearly that was not for you. Yeah. But then even when it came out, I remember hearing from people who had seen it about like the dirty jokes in it mm. and they were weirded out about it back then. It wasn't even like, a, oh my God, you have to see this. It was like, that was weird. <laughs> and now like however many like almost 16 years later I'm like yeah no it's still really weird it's still weird I, I think that was yeah. that is the thing I would label this movie as this movie <laughs> is weird you yeah know, now that I'm thinking back and I don't know if I'm just fabricating this in my brain <laughs> to protect myself or <laughs> if this really happened but I remember renting this on like DVD because I was like curious because sure I'd seen the, I was 14 and I rented a lot of movies when I was young. And Look, ever, since ever, basically. That age kept Blockbuster alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I kind of remember tr- putting in the DVD and not being able to finish it because it would keep glitching out. It's like meant to be like, like no, you must like, don't let your brain see it. Yeah. Uh maybe like the first uh 25% after the first 25% stopped glitching and then <laughs> I couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> so, whoa. I I owned this DVD at some point and I don't remember why I bought it. I think it was one of those like dollar bins at Blockbuster or Walmart type of thing where I was just like, yeah, sure, I haven't seen this before grab it and then for the longest time i did own it and and because i for i also would just never get rid of dvds like i had like 500 600 dvds for a long time look how much you've grown right i've gotten rid of like hundreds he brought in a box i brought in boxes multiple boxes to the office and said take what you want people they're free that's how i have the star trek reboot on blu-ray now but that means that somebody in our office took the cat in the hat who were they i want to know because i i thought like i have the leftovers from that event in my shed and I went out to check to see if I still had a copy because I was like oh nobody took that shed yeah (laughs) Uh, the DVD shed Um, shed. but I went out there and was like oh that it's not here which means somebody in the office purposefully was like I'm taking cat in the hat home oh no I want to know who that person is in our office and maybe they actually secretly love this movie I bet I know who it was (laughs) (laughs) you don't need to say on the episode I I know who it was okay I bet I would make bets (laughs) so the movie opens and it starts my my actually my viewing experience for the first I'd say 20 30 minutes of the movie was kind of interesting like the opening um the company logos I think are really neat because like they that. they re- good. Logo. they redid the the company logos both Imagine Entertainment and DreamWorks were mm-hmm. redone in the style of Dr. Seuss and Universal and Universal that's right yeah. it was really cool like I was like oh okay this is neat so I really appreciated that and then the the thing that started to strike me right off was it's be- I think it's beautifully shot, like it's beautifully filmed and exposed, and like they used really high end glass because the the cinematography just looks really good. Mm-hmm. Also, whatever version, whatever rip is on, it's not a rip, but whatever uh, uh, transfer is on Amazon Prime is pristine. Like it looks great. Yeah, for so, some reason. Universal spent money on a really good transfer of right? this film at some point. It, and Hair, it, they're, maybe, they're like, the next generation will get it. This will yeah. hit later. 
Yeah. It's a sleeper hit. <laughs> That's exactly right. Cool classic. Um, and yeah. the cinematographer uh, is Emmanuel Lubezki, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Emmanuel Lubezki. And he did Children of Men and The Revenant, so he works with Alfonso Cuaron. I, d- Those are good looking films. Brilliant <laughs> cinematographer. Like Sometimes just... <laughs> you got to get a paycheck. Well, yeah, and he was starting out, you know, yeah. of course. and But it looks good. He didn't, you know, yeah. this is the thing that I find about really successful filmmakers. Uh, Sidney Lumet talks about this in his book on directing. I think it's called On Directing or My Life in Film, something like that. I'll find it. I'll put it on Patreon. It's a really good book. If you ever get the chance to read it, Sidney Lumet's book. But he talks about the idea of like, yeah, sometimes you have to take a job to get a paycheck. That doesn't mean you work less hard on it or you put any less of your heart into it. You, you know, you're getting paid. That means you have to do your job and you have to do a good job. And I think the cinematographer did a really good job on this film. It, I, I feel like it looks really good. Uh, I think the cast at the beginning, I'm like, I don't like any of these people, but I think the cast is really good. The kids are both really good. Dakota Fanning, for God's sakes. Um, I Kelly Preston plays kind of a nothing character, but I like her as an actor. I hated her so much immediately. Really? Like her first line is so, so terrible Wait. that I was like, ah, this movie sucks. Because she had one of my favorite lines. Baby leavers oh, leave. Oh, that's my least favorite I line ever. I love that line. <laughs> Babysitters don't leave. Baby leavers leave. Bill, come on. <laughs> sometimes I can relate to that. I need a babysitter sometimes. And they just all leave. They do. Uh, Baby um, dad has changed you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> now, there were two things, though, in the opening of this film. The first one is the opening narration. It, it initially, like, I'm watching beautiful colors, and I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. And the music is like, dun, 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 and it's all happy. And then the opening narration comes in, and it's all, in a land of... It's this very dark, ominous voice narrating this, which at first I'm kind of like, okay, that's a choice. And being the era that this came out is kind of weird, because I was expecting like this to be Anthony Hopkins or, or you know... Uh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin or some <laughs> some other British actor, not Alec Baldwin obviously, but um but you know, Ian McKellen or someone, you know, someone yeah, kind of great. famous but it, it doesn't seem lighthearted, like it's not matching the tone of what I'm seeing. And then my note is um I wasn't enjoying the movie, but I was seriously waiting for it to become abysmal. Like I'm watching and I'm going, okay, yeah, this is a odd looking kids movie. And then my next note is, oh, then Mike Myers shows up. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, oh God, did it never become abysmal for you, Nick? Because the moment the cat shows up, it becomes awful. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was watching it and I was like, huh, maybe this isn't like too bad. Right? Like I was like waiting for it to be horrible. And then so ironically, when they the kids go in the closet and then the 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 brother is like, Looks like you seen a monster or something and then they turn around and it's like they knew <laughs> like the directors and the, the creators knew that they had created a freaking monster because it was terrifying. Yeah. And it was and it is it's also ironic because the movie becomes worse when the titular character shows up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. which is not what they're supposed to bad. do. No. no, you're like, like supposed to be bored beforehand, well, right? And then you get to the main character and things will go wacky. Well, also, yeah. if you look, uh, like, this is a weird touchstone, I guess, but the Grinch is relatable. Like, Jim Carrey's Grinch, like, acts like a human more than this, like, weird... Right, he, it's basically Scrooge. 
Yeah, but like yeah. the way the, his lines that he has, like <gasps> it's he like, played Scrooge later. He did play Scrooge later, yeah. and that weird, that weird Robert Zemeckis. Movie. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but he, uh, it's that sort of thing where people post gifts of like lines that the Grinch says, and they're like, "Oh, look, it's so relatable," kind of thing. This, the Cat in the Hat, is not anyone like except for Mike Myers. Let loose, and I think it's just Mike Myers saying things he thinks is funny. He thinks are funny, and not caring about the movie that he's in. Like he's not playing a character. He's not playing the cat in the hat. He's just saying jokes and hoping someone will edit it together later. Yeah. And they kind of did. That is kind of what it is. I, I mean, he puts on kind of a weird Bronx accent, I think. I don't know what that accent is. It's uh, we. Yeah, it was <laughs> inconceivable of an accent. It was like half something, something. I don't know. It's like part New York, maybe some British. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and then he does the real British Scottish Mike Myers accent yeah. Yeah. for the, the weird, go-to <laughs> for the yeah. for the weird cooking show. We, or no, it wasn't a cooking show. It was a, a TV advertisement. Yeah. So it was as seen on TV. Yeah. Um, the cupcake inator uh, <laughs> scene where he cuts off his own tail and threatens to murder a man. And you th- and just when you thought he couldn't get more creepy. They put that sweater on him with the glasses. <laughs> and a comb oh over. And a comb over. So creepy. He does be, yeah. There's there's scenes where it becomes even weirder that he's a six foot talking cat. Like there's right? that. There's the one where he's a pinata and he gets hit in the balls and he has like a weird little like sequence where he's a little girl on a swing in this like yeah, Miss Muffet costume. I and didn't understand that one. Especially because earlier in the film, they show his spay and neuter certificate. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, just the well, logic of this film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There's many logical fallacies in this film. He has no testicles. Yeah. I don't see him in the movie. So Maybe that it's phantom. <laughs> oh, phantom, phantom pain. pain. Phantom pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are moments of Mike Myers' performance, moments, where I remind reminded that he is a talented comedic performer because there are moments in the movie where I was like, I, that joke there, that one, (laughs) I get it. Okay. And then it all disappears again. And it's this sort of weird improv, but I don't feel like Bo Welch, the director is an improv director. This is something I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be on snark squad talking about uh, Marvel cinematic universe phase three. Yeah. Phase three. And we're going to talk about Taika Waititi who did Thor Ragnarok. Taika is a, improv director so he understands in the broader sense how a a line can work yeah a line can be funny when it's on set but you also have to keep in mind how that line connects with the next line connects with this what these other characters are doing connects to the overall scene in the overall film and in my research for Bo Welch, I didn't see that. He's a production designer. And he's a wonderful production he's designer. He's a really good production he designer. He really is. He did like Edward Scissorhands. Beetlejuice, Batman Returns. The like, only thing I liked about the first Thor movie, basically, was the production design. And yeah. he did it. Yeah. Like he's he, a very good production designer. Very good. So, but in that kind of craft, I don't think you can also be like a good improv director. Um, and so you can see it's like they have and it's weird too because like the kids and the cat are almost never in the same shot no well that's that's i think that's what what you're getting at the improv thing is like there's a reason improv improv troops are more than one person right there's a reason you don't go watch one person improv at you for a while 
Oh, like, God. <laughs> that's all this is, though, is because, like, you feel like the characters in the movie are also just sitting back and going, when's he going to stop talking? Yes. Well, we mentioned that infomercial scene from earlier. Yeah. They're watching that. Yeah. They're watching it, and they say, like, what's happening? Yeah. And I'm also feeling that every time the cat is talking. <laughs> well, and who is that for? In 2003, kids that are going to be watching that aren't going to remember infomercials. I and feel that. Are they? Yeah. Am I just QVC is still a thing? Is it really? Yeah. yeah oh I, dear. I feel like maybe this is just a theory I'm coming up with on the spot that they were really banking on. That I don't know if was Adult Swim a thing. Adult Swim was starting to be a thing in 2003. I think they yeah, were real no idea. <laughs> I think they were hoping for that like 19 to 20 something range oh, of the they kid up, who gets a little high and watches some Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That makes slightly more sense. But I, I, that's me giving this movie too much credit. By absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, I feel like they don't Ugh. lean into that. And nope. I feel like every moment that feels more adult feels like it was made up on the spot by Mike Myers and not part of the overall direction of this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've read some and like watched some things about like the, the production of this film. And Amy Hill, who played Mrs. Kwan, uh, talked about how... Bo Welch didn't even really direct a lot of this movie with Mike Myers scenes because Mike, after Mike Myers performed, he would go over to the monitor, watch his own thing, and then decide whether or not he did another take. Like He'd be like, oh, that was fine. Or he'd be like, oh, let's do something else. And he would improv something different. Mm-hmm. So strange, too, because like a first-time director, granted, I mean, he's worked on sets. He understands sets. Mm-hmm. And he's probably not starstruck. Yeah. You know what I mean? But to be then handed a job like this and then handed someone like Mike Myers is a little, like, that's got to be tough. And she said that he, Bo Welch was a nice guy. Yeah. And that, like, he worked yeah. with, he worked, he worked with all of the kids and uh, and her, but Mike I mean, Myers didn't work with any we, of them. We, yeah. we mentioned this briefly. He got good performances out of everyone, I think. Like, Dakota Fanning, Fanning and uh, Conrad. Spencer, Spencer Brislin. Yeah. The, the brother of the girl from Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, they did good jobs. Just they played terrible characters. Well, the thing is, too, is like for me personally, the only person I kind of liked was Dakota Fanning's character as like a she seems reasonable. Everyone else yeah. does not seem to think about anything they're doing. And she seems very reasonable. But we're she's like the main character that we're supposed to dislike and think, oh, she needs to change and loosen up and have fun. Right. But I'm like, no, they're putting them up as like they both need to come more to the center. Yeah. Like she needs to have fun and he needs to like follow the rules. And I'm like, well, given the specific story you've told us of her, this, <laughs> her, the mom's boss is coming to the house, and if it's not spotless, she will be fired on the spot. Maybe let's follow Dakota Fanning's logic on this one, and just, just today. Yeah, <laughs> maybe tomorrow we'll let uh, Spencer Breslin Conrad do something, but today let's listen to Dakota Fanning and just not do. Anything, kids. Here's twenty bucks. Go to the movies. Yeah. Until I get back from that work. would be better than the narcoleptic babysitter that they get. The narcoleptic fucking racist baby. That that the, she is the not only... racist. She is a character. <laughs> a caricature. You're making her sound like she's a racist. Oh no no. Character. The actor. The actor and the <laughs> that the... babysitter is racist. Super racist. I guess. No, but the caricature yeah. of her is like there are no non-white people in this film. And then the only are non-white characters, and the only non-white character they introduce is a freaking caricature. Caricature. Now I can't say it. Yeah, it's a, a hard word to introduce to, to the podcast. A freaking caricature <laughs> of a Taiwanese person. Like, really? Even in two thousand three, that seems 
you think, think so, but this was pre-Love Guru. Uh, so. Very, very good point. Yeah. That's, I think also like what like buried the hatchet. Is that the right phrase? Well, buried we'll the see. hatchet. Nope. Nail in the coffin? Nail in the coffin. There we go. Yeah, bury the hatchet means the opposite. Yeah. Bury, bury the, the hatchet, hatchet means put the coffin. coffin. Was yeah. when she turned the TV on and then they had like... Taiwanese parliament. Oh, and the which sound was effects? Fighting men. Yeah, the men. sound effects was so... Hi-cha! Yeah, it but was it was so like... Bad. It was like... It was very uh, bad. It's, it was kind of like that old... Uh, what was that show? The Obstacle Course... Most extreme elimination challenge. That's the one. It was like sound effects from that show. I'm Kenny Blankenship. That's the one. I almost said guts. Guts. <laughs> I mean, that, it's similar. <laughs> but yeah, it was just ter- ter- terrible and so unnecessary. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Okay. <laughs> it's the label of this film is weird. Weird. That should have just been on the DVD Freaking cover. Freaking weird. Weird, said Roger Ebert, I if he was still alive. Mo- well, he was at that time. All right. Uh, yeah. He died fairly recently. <laughs> yeah. I have no concept of time. Um, if you, his, he, I think it's still on there. I think there's a, a documentary about the last few years of his life. Oh, uh, I've watched that. It's really good. Yeah. Sad, but it's yeah. it's really good. Anyway. Much better than this movie. Yes. Go watch that. I think it's called Life Itself. I believe you're right. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, okay. So <laughs> this movie has a lot going for it. When you're thinking about it, like before you actually get to to watching it, like it's got Mike Myers at the time was on a roll. He was funny. It's got uh, Kelly Preston, good actor, solid in everything she does, even if the characters are no good. We've got Alec Baldwin, who at the time was kind of making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, this is pre 30 Rock. Yes. Oh, you just reminded me of another gross. This movie was gross. Also. It was also it was gross. Very, his belly button. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, another one. Yeah, yeah. Or the... <laughs> uh, yes, the belly button. Well, was... and then weird that he takes out his teeth, but he still has teeth. Oh. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> he has better yeah. covering teeth. I guess. So... He, yeah, Alec Baldwin's character is the boyfriend of the mom in this movie, and he's just... We don't really get a lot of insight into him other than he's like... He's supposed to be kind of a bum. He's a bum. Because he's, he's getting his stuff repossessed, and he uh, wears, like, a girdle, essentially, to hide his big gut, and he's a really gross person, but he presents himself as, like... Businessman. Yeah, he presents himself as, like, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Alec Baldwin, and he's not that. Mm. He's the only man in town who drives a different car than everyone else. <laughs> yep. Gaudy. They're yeah. all they're all Fords, a ter- all, Yeah, he drives a bad car, but it's supposed to be better than all the other cars. So, it's something. But he, yeah. If you can afford that car, what? (laughs) Where's his money going? I don't understand. (laughs) Credit, baby. Well, good point. Because he whips out that credit card. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's expired. expired. Yeah. But yeah, he picks at his belly button in one scene and just like is watching TV just digging like two knuckles deep inside of his belly button. (laughs) Tongue out. Yeah, just he's just like watching like ladies exercising too. This is weird because like another Mike Myers film, which I didn't connect to, and I don't know if it's because I saw it when I was too old or whatever. Is like Shrek, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the big problems I had with Shrek was it's fucking gross. And mm-hmm. as an adult, I was just watching it. And I'm going, I don't want to watch. This is gross. Ew. Donkey. See, but I but I like Donkey. Donkey okay, was good. funny. Yes. See, yeah, yeah, Shrek is one that I feel like is gross in a kid's way, whereas like this is yeah. just gross. I don't know, man. Yeah. The earwax candle he pulls out of his ear. I was like, as an adult, I was like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty gross. Um, Especially si- gross if you think about it. Too side, much. Yeah. Side note, though, uh, <laughs> if you watch, you if you think that Shrek 
was gross, you should watch uh, Shrek Remade, which is, uh, it's like a, basically a Shrek on YouTube, but uh, like 150 different artists reanimate oh, yeah. it. Like they've done this with Indiana Jones and Star, Wars. Star Wars as yeah. well, where people make like 10 second chunks of the movie. But it makes Shrek look like a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> is there still Smash Mouth in it? Uh, they like remake new songs. Good, because that's the connection there that Kevin Hatton and Shrek have. Is that they both have Mike Myers and Smash Mouth. Oh yeah, Smash Mouth was in this. Yeah. Man, Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth really had a. They had like an epic three-year window. Yeah, yeah. From like '99 to 2003. Yeah. yeah, this yeah, this feels like it was maybe near their end. Yeah. Yeah, because you had Mystery Men. Mm-hmm. Shrek, and then this, mm-hmm. and then they, and and maybe maybe one other thing. I don't know. Probably, I'm guessing All Star is in a bunch, bunch of movies from the early 2000s. Probably true. Yeah, Very yeah. Good. Shrek is like point. kind of uh, what I think propelled that song, and like I'm, their cover of "I'm a Believer." I'm a believer. I think is in Shrek too. Yep. Um, but yeah, Smash Mouth was a. Th- Thing. Still a thing. They're still a thing. Yeah. They're doing all right. They're better at Twitter than they are at music these Hank days. Hank Green covers them live. Smash Mouth is like the equivalent of that scene <laughs> uh, in Cat in the Hat where Alec Baldwin reveals himself. It's like weird and kind of gross, <laughs> but like also like spiky blonde hair <laughs> I, I think that Smash Mouth for me was the thing in high school I secretly liked at 16 that I hid from everyone well like the the Fushu Mang album I don't know if that was the name of it the first album is kind of fun to listen to that's okay. the one with like walking on the sun on it that's the one I, right. I actually had yeah, that. that album I mean is we fun. all had it so okay. yeah. that's okay I did not well, you had you Metallica's had it in Black your album. heart. I had Metallica's Black Album. That was that was my Smash Mouth. My Smash Mouth was <laughs> a handlebar mustache instead of the spiky blonde hair. A spiky bleach blonde. Hair. Where yeah. the hell? How did we get? Anyway, Smash Mouth. That's Smash how we Mouth. got here. I brought it back. This movie has you two did. Smash Mouth songs. It does. Really? The credit. The there's first song in the, the credits. End. Well, no. Second. The, there's a song leading to the credits, and the song after that. Really? They yeah, they did two. they did the I can't believe I gotta believe it's getting better. And then the Oh credits, they did. I forgot that was them. The credits was a weird song and I recognize it. It's Tangerine Speedo by I sorry I forgot the name. And then it's another Smash Mouth song. Oh. So I actually sandwich. watched Double Smash. Did you guys watch all the way through the credits? No, I no. considered it. Is there an end piece? There is not. Okay. okay I watched though because I was like, is there gonna be is there I thought gonna, there was is gonna, there gonna be, be a like a Ferris Bueller. Wait, is Nick Fury going to show up? Yeah, I was going to say, wait, let's all pitch <laughs> our version for what the after credits Cat in the Hat scene is. Okay, I'm going to pitch <laughs> that Alec Baldwin rips off his skin <laughs> and it's not Alec Baldwin. It's the Lorax. Oh. Whoa. And the Lorax is Coming and it's for I'm building a team. Yes, <laughs> he's building a team to save the trees to come take out <laughs> or the kill cat. the trees, whatever he wanted. To also, cat in he's the hat. played by a six foot person who's also terrifying. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's not a short Lorax; uh, it's yeah. just a scaled up to six feet tall yes. Lorax. A scaled up six foot Danny DeVito would be terrifying. Oh God, yes. <laughs> okay, Matt, what's yours? Mine is not as good, but <laughs> mine is. 
we see uh, the cat, just because I feel like this is an awful decision they could actually make and figure out how to make a sequel. Uh, he finds out that he's going to be a dad, and it's son of Cat in the Hat. No. He has no testicles. Well, th- we thought so. They, fro- they froze him. Yeah, before he got they them taken off. They froze his testicles? Nope. <laughs> his seed. His cat seed. Oh. Um, the oh. little guy. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, that's what happened. He. <laughs> somebody goes to the sperm bank to get. No. <laughs> and that's how he finds out that's where he came from as well. Is There was a human and a cat accidentally oh, had a baby. Oh, God. No. And he's voiced by Bruce Willis, the 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 <laughs> semen. And this look is, who's meowing. Yes, look who's meowing. God damn it! <laughs> who's next? No, what you got? Uh, so believe it or not, the book actually has a sequel. Oh, oh it does. There's yeah. a cat in the hat. So the Tolkien lore of Cat in the Hat. Uh, there's Cat in the Hat comes back, and he has little baby cats in his hat. Oh, they're like on a stack when he lifts up his hat. So it was like you almost rhymed, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) But there's little cats go bloop bloop bloop. So going into Matt's idea that there's going to be cat babies, (laughs) and also I think they're called kittens. But (laughs) no no, cat babies. Cat babies. I mean, when they're half human. Oh, good point. Oh no. So I I almost called when I was talking about this movie to Jenna. I was like, "There's there's another book. It's called Cat and Hat Strikes Back." And I'm just getting the title wrong. So Cat in the Hat definitely could have had uh, a book and trailer where it talks about, like, you're pregnant. And it's actually Mike Myers being pregnant. No. Oh, the Cat in the Hat is pregnant. It's Junior. They say sp- that was a spay and neutered certificate, guys. Whoa. Catception. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a cat in my cat. Oh, there's a cat. In the, the, ha- the, there's cat a cat in the, the cat. Ha- the cat. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the cat's pregnant. That's the cat in the cat. Mine. Rachel, what's your what's your post credit scene? Mine is very uh, subtle because <laughs> there wasn't. Now that I'm thinking about it, there wasn't any of these jokes in the movie. But in the at the end, it'll be like cat in the hat, cat on the toilet, <laughs> and he's having like diarrhea, <laughs> and he's like. <laughs> You know, kind of like... It's that scene from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, like, there there weren't any fart or poop jokes in this. Well, there was four barf jokes. That's not the same. That's not the same. You're right, you're right. <laughs> so, it had to bookend the, the movie with a poop fart joke. But it's just five minutes long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but, like... But, and then it could be like a Ferris Bueller thing. And then he'll be like, oh, what are you doing here? Get out. Go away. Kind of thing. He's Russian while, now. Yeah. While he's, <laughs> while he's farting. You need a cat in the hit. What are you doing? Just to bookend the craziness or the grossness. Oh, God. I would love that, actually. A five minute, just him sitting there screaming as he has diarrhea. <laughs> you just see his feet below his tall? Oh, yeah. No, no, no you have to in see a litter him. box. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Why? Oh. It's a giant litter box. You ever go to... You, you ever... <laughs> You ever? I'm not gonna go into the poop. That's uh, that's not gonna happen. That's not what I'm talking about here. But you ever like you're waiting for a Marvel movie to have its after credit scene, and then it's real crappy. It's just not a good after. It's like I just recently watched Ant Man and the Wasp, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Which because I didn't enjoy the first Ant Man very much, but I really liked the second one. And I was getting excited. I was like, all right, post credit scene, and it's just the stupid ant playing electronic drums. 
And I was like, that was in the trailer. Yeah. Why yeah. is this an after credit? Don't I've stuck around for you. Did you not like the shawarma scene in Avengers? I loved it. Really? Like the one. I didn't like the um, the Bucky. Well, because it's just one. a scene from Civil War. That was another. Yeah. Oh wait, or do you mean Infinity Different, War? Different. Yeah, the Infinity War. Or not Infinity War. Black uh, Panther. Where is that? Yeah, Black, Black Panther. Panther. Yeah. The Black Panther extra scene for me was nothing. It was nothing. It was just like, oh hey, he's still here. We know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wish this had. I, I. It felt like a movie that was gonna have. It did. A credits. Thank That's you. why God I waited. I just sat there and I was like, what is it going to be? Wow, this was, masochist. as some of you probably already know, the last live action Dr. Seuss adaptation. Because Indeed. Mrs. Seuss said, stop it. Oh, she was not happy of this She one. legally, I love the, the piece of trivia that I read, said she went and took and, and legally and made it legally impossible for anyone to make more live action Dr. Seuss stuff. Yeah. And you know what? Good for her. Because... Yeah. If somebody showed me this and I was Dr. Seuss, I would be like, what the fuck? What did you, what did you do? I mean, what, I'm trying to think of like, if there's any Dr. Seuss book that I'm like, oh, but that could really use a live action adaptation. And I can't think of any that could be better. No, I think I, well, again, this comes down to personal opinion, but for like adaptations and stuff, I think. Part of what makes Dr. Seuss interesting, from an adult's perspective, <laughs> at least, is the world that it takes place in and the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's why I enjoyed the opening, the the company logos. I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to get to see, you know, Dr. Seuss. And then I ended up feeling not like I was watching Dr. Seuss. I felt like I was watching something that was stolen from Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, very, very bizarre. I also don't really care about adaptations. Like, I, in terms of, like... It doesn't have to stick 100% to the source material. I think as long as you capture the essence of, of what that source material was trying to do, I think that that's okay in my book. So for me, I'm not married to anything with this, but it it doesn't work. This movie captured the essence of it and then put it in a blender. Mm, yeah. <laughs> in the cupcakeinator. Yeah. The, with a bunch of other shit. Yeah. Like cattails. Yeah, with, <laughs> put it in there with cattails and hot dog and hearts. purple goo. Purple goo. Lots of purple goo. There's purple I, goo I feel everywhere. like, I don't know if the Power Rangers movie was before this, but definitely. There, I think this time of Hollywood, there was an excess of purple slime going around. Maybe it was all left over from Ghostbusters 2. I was going to say, I feel like this is way after the purple slime peak. Maybe that's like, part of the problem. The <laughs> yeah, they they missed the, uh, the mark with the purple slime times. <laughs> They're you like, have like fidget spinners four <laughs> years after. <laughs> exactly. Think if a fidget spinner was in a movie now. You'd be like, come on, guys. Yeah. Keep so up. You go to you know Walmart or something when you're Christmas shopping, and they have a whole wall of fidget spinners. 50 and cent like, fidget spinners. They, they have a bucket of fidget spinners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, Next I still the think- Cat fi- in the Hat DVDs. <laughs> I still think fidget spinners are neat. Well- <laughs> And I'm sure I could go get one. I mean, you also you, like the Black Album, so I can't really trust your yes. opinion, Nick. <laughs> it's really true. Whoa, boomerang that one around, did you? <laughs> Look, we got to improv. We got to bring things back. Got to bring yeah. them back. Got to bring them back. We're all auditioning for the new Cat in the Hat oh, remake. God. And I, it, that's really sad to me that, like, he is the worst part of this. He's the part that kept pulling me out. He's the part that, like, the cat, the freaking cat in the hat is what mm. pulled me out. And I, I didn't know how to process that when I was watching it. I was just very confused. And then occasionally we'd have one of those adult jokes hit and that just like kicked me in the face. Like the the most egregious one to me, which is 
they're trying to chase down the fucking dog. <laughs> and the dog gets out, and then they got to go get it. And then the dog gets out, and they got to go get it. And I just fucking I just come up with something new. And they hop a fence, and Mike Myers jumps up. I'm not even going to say the cat because it's just Mike Myers. <laughs> jumps up with a hoe in his hand. A garden hoe. A garden hoe oh, no. with dirt on it, mud. And he says something, and then he looks at it and goes, dirty hoe. And I'm like, whoa. And that on its own would be would be like bad, would be enough. bad enough. I'm pretty sure that's like immediately after he makes a lot of I'm going to kill this dog jokes. Yeah. He oh, does yeah, make, he, does. he does reference like we're going to catch and destroy that dog. And they're yeah. like, what? He's like, <laughs> catch and rescue. Yeah. That dog. yeah. I think it's it's definitely sandwiched between one of those 10 jokes. Right. But see, the, the dirty hoe on its own was bad enough. Mm-hmm. But then he follows it up <laughs> with looking at the hoe and going, Oh baby, but I love you. Yeah, it's like I'm so sorry. Weird. I love you. And then he goes to lick it. And then he tries to make out with it. Yeah. What the No, bad, bad. And then the the abbreviation for his car originally was he says it. it it's yeah, it's S H I T. Yeah. Yeah. Kids can spell. Yeah. Can't they? I don't know kids. <laughs> hey Bill, can Bill. you get spell? My two-year-old, no. Okay. All right. I think that they, like, looked at him like they knew what. Yeah. Because he, he, I don't well, they, remember what they, he says his car is called, but it's it starts, it's like four words that start with S-H-I-T, and they're like. Oh, you mean. Yeah. And he they go to say it. So they figured it out, too. So theoretically, like, kids that age should be able to figure that out. Yeah. Because sure. they also, they set a lot of foundation for that joke. They do. Like, they talk about, like. They set up the whole acronym thing of like laying it out, and they're like, which stands for S L O W, slow. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to figure out what the word is. The old one was S H I T, which was, <gasps> don't say it. Then there's also a lot of like, he goes to say like, pain in the ass or son of yeah. a bitch and all this stuff, and he just gets cut off right at the end, or even like, not even cut off, but he realizes he's around children. Mm-hmm. So that for- means that. Elsewhere in the world, this cat is just swearing up a storm, hanging out with his buddies, and then he's like, "With ah, his shit. butt out." <laughs> his butt when he's a pl- not a plumber, I hated but like that a, scene. I hated when he's so fixing many the couch, things. he bends over and has a human butt. Yeah, yeah, which is also is he just a person in a cat suit? Is he just a furry in a cat suit? Yeah. Oh, there's no. well. Oh, that's even more maybe. horrifying. We haven't explored that possibility. You, you know what I was thinking? How did Mike Myers? Do all of that with no nose, with his nose plugged up. It makes me wonder if it was a lot of ADR. Oh. oh. Maybe he actually couldn't be that understood on set. I mean, it, it, anytime it, you would cover it, it would start to sound. Was yeah. it plugged up, plugged up? I thought the nose, that attracted a little bit too much of my attention. So I was mm-hmm. trying to figure that nose out for a long time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait. How does he sound not nasally? Mm. And even if it wasn't plugged up, he'd still... It would still be covered. Yeah, it'd still be covered, and you'd still like kind of sound like this. Yeah. I don't know. They might have mic'd it in weird ways. I, I, it's yeah, it's a good question though because I saw some behind the scenes photos, and it wasn't CGI'd on. I mean, not that we really had that, oh, that good a level of CG, but oh, that just made an image of, <laughs> of, what, of Mike Myers <laughs> Mike as Voldemort. Myers. Yeah. yeah, no, no, oh, Mike God. Myers. Like as cat, but like he had a nose. He had a human nose. Human nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, that's like the film, like throughout the film, like he starts deteriorating and becoming more and more human oh, no. and different parts of him just start changing. Well, as, as the two kids discover his horcruxes and destroy them, yeah. I imagine that would happen. See, He's like, this is a, a cat with human eyes, a, cu- a human face. <laughs> I feel like this film works as body horror. Yeah. Yes. Like it's like ex- existence. Yeah. In that it's it's unsettling and gross and upsetting, but it's you know it, 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 the problem is it's trying to be a children's film, mm-hmm. and I don't even have a problem with like children's media having some swearing in it or you know things no, like that. I, that doesn't bother yeah. me. But it was the the tone of this. So whenever those jokes came. Or whenever those gross-out moments came, they really were jarring and just like, whoa! Well, it feels like you always hear about the rumors of the Robin Williams doing the genie voice for Aladdin, and he was, like, swearing a lot and making all these, like, really crash jokes that they were like, well, there's no way we can include any of that, but mm-hmm. it's hilarious. And that felt like I was watching those outtakes. Like, I felt like I was watching Mike Myers do things that they would be like, oh, that's hilarious. We can't ever put that in the kids' movie. Right, and then... um I think something important to note that a lot of the jokes that were used in here were actually jokes that were written for the Grinch. And what? so, yeah. And Ron Howard said, no. <laughs> Thank but you. Ron Howard has the clout and the experience to look at people and go, no, that's not going to be in here. Mm-hmm. And he's also a director with enough experience and enough really good work behind him that when he says that's not going to work, they will go, Okay. Bo Welch was put into a very different position because at this point, the person with the most experience on set would have been Mike Myers. Yeah. And you hire Mike Myers to do Mike Myers things, right? And I would guess they had a similar thing with Jim Carrey that it was like, well, you hire Jim Carrey to be Jim Carrey, but then Ron Howard can come in and go, that didn't work for me. Yeah, he can rein him in. And Ron Howard is not going to be intimidated by anyone in any way. Well, and just, I mean, based off of- (laughs) I don't think, I've never met the man. Based off of no knowledge of knowing any of these people personally, uh, based on their performances alone, I would say that Jim Carrey seemed more open to being directed. And other roles he's played, he seems like- He's pretty open to being directed by a good, strong director, whereas like Mike Myers, like I said before, is not playing a character here. Well, and he even he has a reputation of that. Um, there's uh, say a reputation. I think I'm being a little unfair to Mike Myers here um, because obviously I wasn't there, but there was a repu- He did get a lot of. There was a lot of rumors about what happened on the set of Wayne's World Two that basically he took over everything. There were a lot of rumors of that on the second and third um, uh, Austin, Powers. Austin Powers movies. And when those movies became such huge successes, th- then there's a lot more reason to just sort of let him go mm-hmm. and let him do what he's going to do. I would be interested to know, like, I'd be interested to know on Shrek, like, what was what was it like working with him on Shrek? What right. Was it, you know, was, was he, was it a, a similar problem or I, I don't know. Um so, yeah, but it does really seem like from all behind the scenes, from listening to interviews of people and from the final product, it looks like he just sort of barnstormed in, did what he wanted to do and then left. I mean, I think there is I, I, have, I hadn't verified this in my research, but there's talks about this being a contractually obligated movie for him. Yeah. And I didn't I wasn't sure how true those rumors were. And I, I think there was lawsuits involved with this possibly. Yes. There's a three point yeah. eight million dollar lawsuit levied against him by Universal because he didn't want to do it. He could have I think he should have taken the hit. 
<laughs> he could have made it up in another Shrek easily. I mean, that's a lot of I money. Know, I, I know. But... I don't have that money to like judge. You also, <laughs> I mean, I, it's also a big thing, I would think, for an actor to just walk out of a contract, mm-hmm. you know. Because uh, when's your next work going to be after that? Exactly. And as we know, so his his contract, the way that it worked out was he got, it was like, okay, I'll do this, but we have to tack on another film. Oh, that, that I want to do. And that film was The Love Guru, which is another film we will have on here to talk mm. about. And you had kind of a one-two punch of this and The Love Guru back to back. And there was something else, and I can't remember what that was we uh, talked view about. View from the Top. View from the Top, uh, which was a... It was a, about airline... Uh, yeah, uh, stewardesses. Yeah, what's the word? Air, flight attendants? That's the one. Yeah, flight attendants. And it had, I think, Christina Applegate and Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that movie. It doesn't look. It looks harmless. It looks fine. Yeah. I remember good. seeing that trailer, and it did like nothing for me. But that's what became before the Cat in the Hat. So it was yeah. like View from the Top, which I don't think performed very well. But it uh, also wasn't a terribly expensive movie. Yeah, but then it became the Cat in the Hat, which was very expensive, and the Love Guru, which I think wasn't really expensive, but I think did not make anywhere near its money back. No, it did not. And uh, a lot of people found it offensive and it was it was a weird thing. And then mm. you'll notice he like after that, he just took bit parts and Shrek. Like that's a lot of what he did. And I, I think that probably, you know, a lot of the backlash probably that's hard to deal with. I don't think, mm. I don't mean to say he is the bad person in here. I don't think he dealt with it well. I think around the time of Love Guru or before that, his dad passed away. Oh. And I, I think, and you know what? I we Nick and I talked about this briefly earlier in that sometimes I feel like there are moments where people really crave a celebrity's falling. Oh, yeah. And Mike Myers, you know, his harm on us was trying to make us laugh. And two of his movies were bombs. <clears throat> But I still like Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. And the first two Austin Powers, I would say, hold up. Can I ask when the last time you watched Wayne's World 1 was? It was like a couple months ago. Oh, okay. I don't like either of them. I personally watched Wayne's World 1 a year or two ago, and I was so bored I turned it off 20 minutes in. And I loved that movie as a kid. Oh, yeah, you were watching it with Devin. Yeah, I was was showing (laughs) my now fiancé for the first time ever, and 20, 25 minutes in, she's looking at me like, why? What? It, that's, why is this? That's movie... a hard one to do. I've I've done that. Well, I'm like, but like I'm I also so was feeling the same thing as she was. Of like, yeah, I don't know why this is good. Like I had built it up so much in my head and like liked it so much as a kid that I was like, Wayne's World, good movie. And so we sat down to watch it, and 20 minutes in, I'm like, she's probably hating this, and I think I might be hating it too. I didn't really enjoy it when it came out, and but... Rob Lowe is great. I, I don't think anyone's bad in it. Yeah. I, I, I don't have anything negative to say about it. It's just that it didn't, for some reason, it didn't connect with me. I liked elements of it. I'd always liked Dana Carvey, and I like him as Garth. I think he's adorable. He's good. But, and there are lines from it I still use to this day. When somebody gets me a present, I'm always like, <laughs> I hope it better not be a severed head. If it's a severed head, I'm going to be very, yeah, very upset. upset. <laughs> and I like that whole exchange that he has with her. Where she's like, I got you a gun rack. I don't even have a gun. <laughs> like, those are funny, but the movie itself doesn't, he, doesn't work for me. He for has reason. that, um, I don't want to say Blazing Saddles problem because I love Blazing Saddles, but that comedy movie problem where you have all these jokes and jokes and jokes going and then you don't have an ending. Mm. So you got to get really goofy at the ending, and that definitely happens in Wayne's World, where it's like, here's alternate endings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that Wayne's World is also 
the most 90s movie. Like, one of, like, th- there's so many, like, commercial references and stuff. Well, that's that, Mike Myers, too. Well, yeah, but if you didn't, like, grow up in that yeah. era and try to watch Wayne's World now, you'd be like, I don't, like, there's the whole, like, uh, I think it's, like, Advil or Aspirin, like, commercial yeah. parody of, like, the black and white with the different. yellow pill. Yeah. It's like, that scene means nothing to anyone under the age of 25. That's fair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I really, I didn't enjoy the first Austin Powers, but the second one I saw in the theater with a friend and we heard ourselves laughing. And I still can watch that and watch scenes Mm. from it and just be in tears. I remember liking all of his movies, but I don't think I've rewatched any of them purposefully in the past few years. I mean, I think this is the only one that I that I've watched so far. I haven't seen The Love Guru. Mm. So, it's coming. <laughs> um, but this is the first one that I've ever really been perplexed about. Like I think also Mike Myers's comedy is aging out. Like he's so It was That's a very good point. We, we He's, it was very like SNL based, like yeah. in that time frame, but also like he's very character driven. Like all his, like all of his comedy skits revolve around skits and characters. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and jumping from character to character, and I think like Robin Williams used to do was like in within one scene when he's the genie, it works because you can jump from like character to character to character. But if Robin Williams, which he smartly eventually like didn't do this like in certain roles he wasn't doing that like sometimes he would be robin williams and you'd be doing the same impressions you've heard him do Mm -hmm. 10 times Mm -hmm. and for both of them it seems like a scottish accent is a Mm go-to but oh yeah i forgot about that that, scottish (laughs) accent they throw on but yeah mike myers is definitely doing that in this and i feel like this is like that tail end of Mm -hmm. when that could still well, and it's work. interesting too because I think I I, I well I, I don't know how much of this is getting into my personal preference, but like to me, Robin Williams' comedy survives a little more, and partially that has to do with his performing it. His he's mm-hmm. so rapid fire, yeah, and his changes in characters go from one sentence to the next, and there's never a moment of looking at the camera. Mm-hmm. There's never a pause with Robin Williams, and that's one of the things that I think made him so, especially in his stand-up act, made him so um, just electric. Um, whereas Mike Myers thing is much more like a crutch. It's a crutch, but he also pauses a lot. He looks at the camera. He looks at the camera a lot. And then the joke is that he's looking at the camera and it's sort of like, I told a bad joke. Well, because the difference there is it's not funny in the context of the film. It's not funny to the other characters in the scene. Exactly. They're not having a good time. He's looking past them and looking at you and hoping that you enjoyed it. Right. And he was part of inventing that. And it was and it was really solid for for a long time. But I think, Rachel, I think you're really right. I hadn't thought of that. That like his comedy is aging out. Well, and it works Mm -hmm. really well in Wayne's World when uh, I think there's a joke in one of them where somebody like looks at the camera and I think it's Garth like leans in or something. He's like, who are you looking at? (laughs) And so it's like. When they're like self-aware, mm-hmm. it's good. Also, let's remember he's playing off people, even in Austin Powers, like the Doctor Evil stuff, which I think is the funniest stuff. In especially in the second one, he is playing off other people, mm-hmm. and that was the one of the big problems with this. Is it's just we keep cutting back to shots of the kids just staring <laughs> at him. Yeah, and it goes back to the whole. Uh, ad-libbing and yeah. like they don't know like kids 
don't know how to ad lib like that. So they're yeah. the closed door. They're the yep. nose. Well, it's also like they were told not to. It's like, here, read the script exactly as it said. And then he shows up and does all this improv and they're just like, uh, I'm supposed to say this next, so I'm just going to say that. Yeah. doesn't seem like it goes with what you're doing, but... Well, and I think 90% of the time they weren't on set together. Probably, yeah. Because it's all sense. different shots. It's all... When we cut, it's just those two in a two shot, and we cut back, and it's him. Uh, there were times when they did interact, and you and you can kind of tell there's less improv happening here. It's more like the big set pieces of, like, he needs to like mess up the room or yeah. there's like a big prop to be lifted up and yeah the musical kind of numbers maybe the children yeah. were scared of the cat. that's fair I would have been fair. I would have been yeah for sure at I that would have been age ter- it looked like a big weird freaky clown yeah mm-hmm. the and Grinch I- costume was kind of gross and scary in its way but it was supposed to be. But the Grinch is yeah, supposed to be I supposed to be hated by all. And I, it's funny because we we recently talked about Jingle All the Way and <laughs> how Jim Carrey would have improved something, mm-hmm. and he was he was dynamic in his, how physical he was. Like Jim right. Carrey can move and still be himself in like so many pounds of makeup. Yeah, Mike Myers seemed really hint like he's not known for being a physical comedian. He's known for making a joke and looking at the screen. Well, and a part of like a part of his uh, one of his great strengths I've found is his his stillness is funny, the way he can be still and deadpan Mm -hmm. uh, with certain jokes here and there. And it's one of the reasons that I mean, Dr. Evil is a physical performance like that is. But it is a very stiff, intentionally Mm -hmm. stiff performance. It's not animated. There's not a lot of animation going on there. So. Well, I wanted, fucking weird. Yeah, I wanted to bring up one of my biggest qualms with the way that Mike Myers acted. And I think that this was the reason why so many jokes fell flat was every time he would tell a joke, he would like laugh. He would go. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is something that I really. I, I tend to mistrust people who laugh at their own jokes. And so. In in this, I just mistrusted him the whole time. I'm like, you think you're too clever. Stop it. Yeah, and I think it just, it didn't, I think it's, if he didn't laugh in some parts, there may have been some parts that could have worked, maybe. I, well, like, That it, movie would have been 10 minutes shorter. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which would have helped. Like, it was already a short movie, thank God. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was an hour and 22. Really? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> it did not feel that way to me. It felt like I've... And again, I need to point out that like, I, you, you watched through all the credits. I did. <laughs> I, I watched all of the credits, man. And it, it, I don't hate this movie. I don't. I, I, it, it's weird, and at least weird is kind of interesting. And I do want to like the movie is weird enough, but beautiful enough that I'm like, what happened? That's where like we talked about this a little bit, but like I disagree with the beautiful side of it mm-hmm. I think the production design is great I mm-hmm. think the costumes and the design is like good it's not as good I think I'm constantly going to compare this to the Grinch because it's like the only similar film you I have to um, but as far as like the way it's shot the way it's designed the Grinch does all of those things better like the design of the town in this looks like they painted a bunch of buildings in a city like it doesn't look like they designed and built a whole city i think they did they that. did they yeah. did, I think they it was did like, and the city liked it so much they left it that way yep you they can must, still go there and what? see they must not yeah. have watched yeah. the movie <laughs> they're just like yeah sure it's prettier than it was well as you can see by uh, the the box office returns they no. probably didn't <laughs> yeah maybe it was just that town that went inside um <laughs> 
But it, uh, like the Grinch, like every building was built to look more like susical, uh, mm. and in design and the way that shot is like a bit more dramatic. And I felt like so much of this was very flat and boring to me and did not feel like cinematically interesting. Like I didn't really feel like they were telling me with like lighting or shot choices, like what was important or what was, what I was like, they weren't storytelling through the camera work for me. Like it was all like, a lot of like two shots, like you said, mm-hmm. just a plain medium, and it's like, okay, this is a lot of weird stuff happening, and you're not shooting it in a very interesting way. Well, and a lot of that has to do with how you shoot improv. That's a good point uh, mm-hmm. because what my one of my very favorite cinematographers, Jack Green, who shot Unforgiven and Serenity, like just I love his work. Uh, also shot the Forty Year Old Virgin. In... Yeah, it was 40-Year-Old Version and 51st Dates. Okay. Oh. 40 year old... 51st Dates is a prettier movie. Oh, Hot Tub Time Machine as well, one of my oh. favorite comedies. What? I love what? Hot Tub Time Machine. There's a lot of I things I'm like that. That says a movie. lot about you, Nick, that really? I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a good laugh at that movie. That but... movie is fucking funny. <laughs> I watched it once and was like, I'm good forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, when, uh, what's the, Craig, I, there, there are times where one joke can completely salvage a movie for me uh, a comedy specifically and even though I enjoyed most of Hot Tub Time Machine there were a couple of jokes and one of them is where they're all standing there looking at the hot tub and it starts to and and he says must have some sort of hot tub time machine and he looks right at the camera as it pushes in on him and I have never (laughs) I laughed so hard (laughs) it was so good but no I I really enjoy that movie. I enjoy Rob Corddry's part in there and how he's suicidal and like like I enjoy the look at people from, you know, high school to grown up and how they've all shattered and fallen apart. I think and, I watched the sequel to that. Oh, the sequel's terrible. Oh, yeah. Speaking of hot tub time machines, we got to get back to Jack Green the cat, at some point. <laughs> when the cat goes yeah. into that party booth and Paris, Paris Hilton. Hilton's there. Oh, oh God. yeah. Yeah, so during the dog chase, uh they go they, they run into Paris Hilton for a minute, like a second. I don't even remember she says something. And the cat loses his hat. Yep. And that's no, supposed to be. No, he doesn't, though. But that's, what was weird to me about that is, without that hat, I'm just a normal cat. Or, six. you know, it was like a normal six-foot yeah. cat. But, I wish. God, right? <laughs> uh, but I, what couldn't he do without his hat? Yeah. We didn't, like, in the next whatever half hour, 15 minutes, whatever, we're supposed to believe that he is not powerful or doesn't have... I, I get that he maybe he wants the kids to solve their own problem. That's what it's supposed to be. But... Yeah. It there's, not a good, there's not good enough storytelling. Is no. he, again, like, have him start, like, not being able to talk. He starts meowing. He has to walk on all fours. He's, like, a, he's Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. I'd watch he's, that. Yeah. Maybe. No, I wouldn't. Oh, <laughs> he's going to have a melted cat. Um, How are you going to edit that together? I'll figure it out. I'm a, I am a <laughs> Honestly, genius. Just watch Cat in the Hat. When he loses his hat, stop it, and then watch cat videos. <laughs> Better movie. I meant more, Nick, how are you going to edit this podcast? We were talking <laughs> yeah. about Jack Green, and then we're talking about Paris Hilton. <laughs> I'll make it work. All right. <laughs> but Jack Green shot The 40-Year-Old Virgin, which is a hev- it's heavily relies on improv. And it's, because I think it's an Apatow film, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's Judd Apatow. So there's a lot of um, improv there. And if you look at the shots he would use and the way he would tell stories with the camera on Serenity or Unforgiven or Bird, 
it's very different than how he would for that. So just like the nature of improv, you you kind of have to lock it down. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to, but it, it's like you're dealing with enough of trying to make sure you capture what you need from the actors that if it's like, ah, well, the camera, we didn't quite get that pan right. It, you know, when there's no script, you, you got to do what you got to do. So I understand your point. Yeah, no, that makes a lot more sense. No, that like now that I think about it, yeah. I had not considered that before. I was just like, I don't know, like, it just, the lighting seems very flat, The there's not a lot of camera movement, and it just felt like you have this $100 million budget, and you have these beautiful sets and costumes and all that, and you're not doing anything with them. I don't disagree. I I, I don't disagree with that, especially when it's not Mike Myers on camera. Like, there there could have been more Mm -hmm. done with that. But at the same time, like, I... I loved the super wide angle lenses when they'd get in close up with the kids because their just eyes were just huge and just you know. It, so for me, it was I don't know. I I still think it was a a very pretty film. You know, comparing it to other things from that era, I just recently watched Zoolander. Actually, I'd never seen it before, hmm. and I didn't really like it or hate it. I just it was a movie that I saw. I'm sorry, Callie. I <laughs> it seems like something you would dislike. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. There were moments like him saying you Google googly instead of eulogy, which I thought was really, really funny. Oh, and David Duchovny. Yeah, David Duchovny's great in it with his pristine hand. Yeah. Every time I go to a gas station. <laughs> you want to have a gasoline fight? <laughs> uh, no, accident. I think about that and I think how terrified I am of <laughs> the gas station. Like even when you pull it out like a little gasoline drip, you're like. <gasps> <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, but that I feel is like from the same era and it's n- kind of an ugly film. Like, it's yeah, that's so, like two years yeah. before this. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, I found it pretty uh, until they got into the cat's world, which is just god awful. Yeah, because there's a box that they lo- I, we forgot about the lock in the box. That's part of the plot. It's half of the movie. <laughs> But nobody really cares. Nobody cares. The we, cat tells Conrad, hey, don't open that box or bad stuff will happen. My world will merge with yours, which raises a lot more questions yep. than we get answers to. Um, but, of course, Conrad takes the lock off, which the cat knew he'd do all along. And the dog takes the lock and runs away. And so the worlds become meshed together. In the house. In the house. Yeah, Only within the house. Yeah. yeah. It does not have any repercussions for anyone ever. And that's where... Um, we- I did like, though... That the house pooped out the Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin <laughs> the purple. Apparently, in the trivia I was reading said that was dyed chicken fat. What? Yeah, yeah, which seems sense. like you could think of something less gross to like use as slime. Maybe less perishable too. Yeah, like, uh, that sounds like, smelly. Yeah. Well, just thinking about having to be covered in that all day. Like, poor Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. You know what? Here's so the hairy. here's the thing, though. Hey, leave hairy people alone. I'm just saying <laughs> the goo in the hair. It seems like really hard to clean. I'm not gonna say this again. <laughs> You're gonna leave hairy people alone at this table. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> hairy Alec people Baldwin being pooped out of the house I, in the alternate world. Well, here's an interesting question, though. If you, you got chicken fat, okay? <laughs> but is that a question? But I'll tell you what chicken fat probably isn't, probably, is it's not going to be a skin irritant. Ah. All right. Because I was looking, I was watching it's like a bunch a natural, of- natural, organic uh, slime. It's all organic. <laughs> Bill, when your kid gets old enough that he wants to play with slime, just use chicken fat. Yeah, chicken fat. 
It's my new YouTube tutorial. <laughs> the salmonella cooked right in. Yeah. Oh, no. But, yeah. but I was watching some older movies and I listening to commentaries and I'm listening to people talk about, like, Bruce Campbell specifically in one of the, I think it's Army of Darkness, where he talks about uh, having to... It was supposed to be boiling water that he was drinking, but it was it was just something that it was it wasn't even dry ice, but it was something that made it look bubbly. like it was bubbly and and steaming. And he's like, "Oh, good lord, knows what kind of horrible chemicals they put in that." You know, it's like, <laughs> well, it's like going way back. Uh, Buddy Ebsen was supposed to play the Tin Man, right. in The Wizard of Oz, and they painted him silver, and then his like pores clogged up, and he almost died. Yep, and they're like, "Oh, whoops." <laughs> Guess I can't play that character. Yeah. So they had to like change the kind of paint they used for the next guy. Yeah. Buddy Epson was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know if that was the reasoning. It could have been something that it's like, well, if you're going to be soaked in it, let's not, let's just use something that we know isn't going to kill your skin. Uh, Cause like there, it's like AB smoke that they used to use all the time. And AB smoke works in a way that uh, you put, it's for like if you wanted to have something with smoking tires, but you didn't want to actually light the tires up, mm. you put the A solution on the tire and the B solution on the floor. And then when they mix together, they create smoke. Interesting. But it is one of the most toxic smokes. <laughs> I was going to say, an A and B always. <laughs> <laughs> That's always bad news. Yeah. Well, and chemicals. That, yeah. And so I would say maybe that's why <laughs> Maybe that's why chicken. But fat. it looks so sticky. So the cat's world is <laughs> <laughs> full of chicken. Fat. Is is just completely CG. Two thousand three CG. Uh, but we come <laughs> we come back to Mrs. Kwan or Miss Kwan. I don't know if she's married. I have no idea. Uh, they say Mrs. Being a human life raft. Yep. Which was terrible. No, yeah, her that body was the gets worst bounced part. around. I mean, and human log ride. Yeah, right. Because yeah. we we have another Mike Myers deadpan to the camera, like this is just like a ride, just like a ride at Universal. Wink. Oh, he no. holds up like tickets for Universal yeah. theme parks, <sighs> which is something like that he would say in uh, Wayne's World. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. One of my, we I, I mentioned earlier how I like some of the Austin Powers. One memory of me hating the third movie was when there's just a bag of Taco Bell at a jail. That's that, that's a memory that's bugged me. I just wanted to tell you three. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. We gave you this opportunity. Right. <laughs> it's out there. It's out there now. This is why we have a platform. <laughs> I can walk away. You can walk away now. You're done. You don't have to think about it ever again. It can't hurt you anymore. <laughs> I have things like that. Every once in a while, there's just one thing in a movie that I'm like... But why? Oh, my biggest pet peeve with movies and TV shows is the headrest being taken out of cars to get a better shot. <laughs> it's it's almost in every TV show and movie at some point. If there's a if there's a shot in a car where there's like characters in the front seat and the back seat, or even if the camera's in the back seat shooting the characters talking in the front seat, they take the headrests off the front seats of the cars so that you can see their faces. Damn it, Matt! Now everybody's oh, gonna see it. I've yeah, never... awesome. you're welcome. Welcome to my hell. Awesome. Whiplash doesn't to get... exist in these universes, Matt. I'm, I'm gonna throw one more thing out there. Sorry, Nick. There's no period in Doctor Pepper. Done. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That's not even so, movie related, but I like so it. So he's not a real doctor, is what you're saying? It's just Der Pepper. His first Der Pepper. Name is... <laughs> He's German. Well, why pepper. are we assuming it's a he? Let's see, now, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, drop, oh. drop in the mic. <laughs> Here's my biggest movie pet peeve. 
when somebody is drinking coffee and there is clearly nothing in <laughs> nothing the cup, in it. they just like lift it up and they're just like, yeah, no, it's this- like they're just, just you know moving it around every which way. Put a weight in it. I know you can't have hot coffee because it's going to go cold or put or water you might spill it. it. Well, no, you might spill it. So you just put a weight in it to make it look like it's got some weight, and nobody does this, and it drives me crazy. The yeah. worst is when it's like the empty cup drives me crazy. Too. Okay, good. I'm glad yeah. it's not just me. The worst is like party scenes with solo cups. Yeah, because you know those things weigh nothing. Mm-hmm. So when people are just like lifting them, you can easily tell it's like, oh no, they're lifting an empty solo cup with nothing in it and acting like they're drinking a beer out of it. And like, no. I think if I were an actress uh, and so I was like on set I, and somebody gave me a cup to drink out of I would secretly put liquid just fill vodka just just pull out your thing of vodka what are you doing nothing nothing washing my hands water this is nothing this is nothing Oh, anyway, how are we doing, guys? How you feel? Feel good? I feel pretty good. Yeah. I, I like, to be back. I feel like this is therapeutic for me. <laughs> it's been a while since this we is, did one of these. This is a good get our holiday baggage off episode. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It did kind of, like, the fact that, like, the first movie I think I watched of 2019 was The Cat in the Hat felt a little bit not great. <laughs> well, the f- last movie I watched in 2018 was uh, First Reformed, which is like uh, a movie that is on everybody's top 10 list yeah. of 2018. <laughs> so jumping from that to yeah. this was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I I went, I believe, from this to Ant-Man and the Wasp mainly because I wanted to watch something fun. Good call. And uh, I was not disappointed. Yeah. But yeah, it was it it was it was also good because like honestly, I would rather watch this than the Star Wars Holiday Special. Mm. Yeah. If I, I had to, if I had to sit through one of these again, first of all, this one's shorter. This one is shorter. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it's it's weird enough that I could still watch it again and go, I'm gonna figure this motherfucker out. I am gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure out what happened. I'm not going to, but I can at least tell myself. That while I'm watching this, I will figure it out. I think my distaste for Mike Myers in this film is stronger than my distaste for anyone in particular in the Star Wars Holiday Special, aside maybe from Harvey Corman. I think, um, but Harvey Corman it, didn't so. do anything wrong. A, a problem with Cat in the Hat for me was bad things did happen. Yes, but I always felt. Once the cat showed up, I always felt like bad things are going to happen, and I mean that in the sense of someone going down the hallway or brushing their teeth in a horror movie. Yeah. Mm. Like when someone's brushing their teeth in a scary movie and you know that mirror's going to shut and it's going to get me every time. <laughs> there there were scenes here with the cat, even though like the music was light, his posturing, his manic attitude. I was say, he switches very quickly to like, I'll make you disappear and I'll make it look like a bloody accident, I believe yeah. is what he says to and somebody. I, I get that it's supposed to be a joke, but there is something about it. I don't know if it's the way it's filmed, that it, we're in this bizarre setting. It feels mm. like a Twilight Zone. It feels like that, you know, where the kid sends you into the cornfield uh, <laughs> thing in the Twilight Zone. The, that when he says it, it's not funny. It's, it's too serious. It is. There is something about it that is so out of place. It feels mm. like... It just feels, I don't know if it feels too real. I don't think that's the right word, but it feels very threatening mm-hmm. um, and not in a funny way. And, you know. I, like the thing one and thing two were formerly oh. kids that he helped and then they transformed in some sort of horror, body horror Those movie. Those are kids who he couldn't help. I yeah. think maybe this felt more like a horror movie because he's the kind of character that's just like an agent of chaos and you don't yeah. really know what he's going to do. Yeah. And those kind of characters, like, he's like the Joker. Yeah. 
And those Batman kind of characters are cat. really scary. Yeah. And he has nearly omnipotent powers. Yeah. And so that's another added thing. Of this. Yeah, this yeah. It feels very threatening. You could do whatever you wanted to these whatever people. My thing. He's uh, like an evil Q. Yeah. Even more evil Q. Isn't, I was going to say, Q's pretty evil. Q's mischievous. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good point. I'm sorry, Q. All of you Q fans out there. Q heads. And no, we're not talking about James Bond Q. We're talking about real Q, Star Trek Q, John Delancey Q. You Q-tips out there, calm down. Ooh, that's real good. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know who Q is. Get out of here. <laughs> wow, fuck? Matt. I know James Bond Q, but that's the only Q I know. Okay, well, Get all right. in season one. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be here for we're, 12 hours. We're spin-off podcast, 20 questions, or 20 Qs, <laughs> where we talk about Q from James Bond, Q-tip from A Tribe Called Quest, Q from Star Trek. That's all. The I thought you I meant know. new That's podcast where Nick just explains this to me, <laughs> like the whole plot. The I think different Q names. The, all of the different Qs explained. Uh, I couldn't do the James Bond one, but anyway. Okay, well, we need to move on because holy crap, <laughs> this is this uh, podcast is longer, or at least we've been recording longer than the movie yep. is. Uh, <laughs> indeed, we have. Also, thing one and thing two were fucking terrifying. Oh, Very yeah. terrifying. We voiced didn't even get Dan, into that. Dan Castellan, or however you say his name. Homer D- Simpson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the dog was voiced by Frank Welker, who has done every voice ever. He's basically done every dog ever. Why? Yeah. The dog Why? kind of voice? Yeah. It yeah. was Frank well, just, So Frank Welker is every animal you've ever heard in a movie, pretty yeah, much. Like, literally, time. he has like 700 credits on IMDb. Did he do Ruby Doo? Yeah. He oh. also does Fred. He is Fred Fred's and Scooby Doo. Oh, my God. And he's been the voice of Fred hey, since gang. day one. He's Totoro. Yeah, he's, go on. <laughs> he's literally he's Abu and Aladdin. He's one he's, of the greatest voice actors of all time, yes, Frank Welker. The, so. the description that lots of other voice I've heard of another voice actor talk about him and say you could say, "Hey Frank, can you do the sound of a washing machine?" And he would nail it. They're like, "All right, now what about a washing machine underwater?" And he would nail it. Yeah, like he can just do anything you throw at him. And he, yeah, he, I think the dog barks maybe once or twice. But he's like the go-to guy if you and need he, good animal sounds. He barked once and collected twenty grand, and Probably. that was a good day good for, for him. him. Yeah, yeah, great. And if you're gonna spend money, spend it on Frank Welker. For God's That's sakes. a good rule. Yeah, <laughs> he's also Megatron, but not in the movies. No, that was the other man. No, this is the weird thing too. <laughs> so he did a great Megatron in in the original Transformers uh, TV show and the original movie. Did a really good job. He yeah, my dog is talking to me right now. She's just going ar 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 because she's bored. Uh, really, it's Frank Welker. Yeah, it's Frank Welker. <laughs> He's in the studio. Here he is now, ladies and gentlemen. Bark bark bark. And they went with uh, Mr. Anderson. What is his name? Um, Red Skull. Hugo Weaving. I was gonna. You went to Red Skull. <laughs> I went Mr. Anderson, and then I was about to go to Elrond. <laughs> Hugo Weaving. Yes. Uh, he, they went to Hugo Weaving for it, and there was a mo- a thing in the behind the scenes where they asked him, "Well, how come Peter Cullen got to do?" They asked Michael Bay, "How come Peter Cullen got to do Optimus Prime, but you didn't bring back Frank Welker for Megatron?" And he was like, "We tried it, and it just didn't seem right." And they did a comparison of. Frank Welker doing Megatron and Hugo Weaving doing Megatron. And I remember watching it and going, Frank Welker is clearly better. <laughs> what? Clearly. It's kind of like the Anakin Skywalker audition. When you watch the auditions for Jake Lloyd and you realize Jake Lloyd was not the best. He was not. Auditions. It was like clearly not the best yeah. performer. Anyway. It's why do people record that and put it on their movie? I don't know. Because <laughs> now you look Because they think they're right. I guess so. And when you think you're right, you'll do a lot of weird shit. He'll double down. On everything. (laughs) 
That's why we're hopefully not going to get a wall, but my God, we're trying. <laughs> um, Talk about tangents. Hey, it's a good show, Tangents. <laughs> you should listen to it. SciShow chan- Tangents. Tangents. I'm very tired. I'm very sick. And we need to wrap this up. How would you fix it, Rachel? Okay. I was thinking about this a lot. And I think that you remove Mike Myers and make it. At first, I was thinking like a CGI cat, but I hate CGI Also at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it wasn't Mike Myers, it would have been a CGI cat. But maybe if it was like a puppet cat. Like Salem for Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just strapped to a table at all times. With a little cute hat. (laughs) (laughs) And a bow. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Rachel's figured it out. (laughs) And... And it wasn't Mike Myers. It was somebody else as a voice. I haven't quite nailed down who the voice could be. But I think if you took out Mike Myers as the creepy six foot tall, fully makeup man, hat cat man, (laughs) then I think you would have fixed a lot of it because the set is really pretty. And yeah, hear that. I said the set was pretty. I know. And I said the lighting. And I think that it isn't it. It could be interesting. Like there's some things that I would change, like the thing one and thing two. Also make it less creepy. Just take out the creepy parts. And then also I had some problems with the story. And I don't know. I haven't read Cat in the Hat in a long time, but I feel like as maybe as an older person that I didn't relate to the kids because the mom was reasonable. And I feel like a lot of times when the kids have to learn a lesson, it's because, or if this like agent of chaos comes to have fun with them and then they have to learn a lesson, it's because like the parent is doing something wrong or I don't know there's Mm -hmm. some sort of juxtaposition that wasn't working for Mm -hmm. me because I was more on the mom's side I was also more on the mom's side I was on nobody's side like at all ever (laughs) like I didn't think the mom was being a great mom ever like she never showed any signs like of wanting to do anything to help her kids (laughs) She was a single mom, and she she's had doing to, her best. Yeah, she's doing uh, I, her best. Three, but I wanted to feel. She believed that? her her child at the end. Yeah, she chose her kids over Alec Baldwin. Yes, yeah. I will say that is the good thing. But it feels to me like uh, recently watched because Christmas I watched Home Alone, and I was like, "Y'all there are were, terrible parents." There were some tones of Home Alone with the "I wish I had different parents" thing. Yeah, but I don't think that this movie is supposed to be about how good of a mother she is to her kids i think it's supposed to be about these kids being children to a mother it's weird i i i see your point matt but i'm on the side watching this movie i just kept feeling bad for the mom yeah i felt like she was in an impossible position of Mm -hmm. like she has to provide for these kids so much so that she's looking at marrying the sleazeball um you know it 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 looks it just Optically, to me, it all mm. felt like she was in the worst position and she was doing the best she could. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. doesn't mean I like her. Well, she no. was a nothing character. I think I would have liked if there was more of that I agree. groundwork laid. 
Also, apparently Frank Welker did the voice in the new Transformers movie of Megatron. Yeah, because Hugo Weaving has said, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing any of this shit anymore. All the shit that makes me millions and millions of dollars, I'm not doing that anymore. That was a good Hugo okay. Weaving impression. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I thought well, that was Homer Simpson. I guess he's Australian, so <laughs> I don't know what fucking accent that, that was. was. Kind of like Michael Caine. <laughs> that was Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> you notice right now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not blinking, and that's the trick. You see, is you have to not blink. <laughs> that's his acting tape. Have Good you ever day, seen I'm that? Hugo Weaving. Good day, I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> Anyway. Good day, Optimus. <laughs> Crikey. Crikey. Decepticons. There's a Roo over there. <laughs> There's like a whole separate episode. You just cut all yeah. the outtakes from this all episode. All the bloopers of the- Yeah. There should be a blooper. <laughs> this is maybe the most off the rails since Reefer Madness. I know. Dingoes. Transform. Maybe the dingo ate your bumblebee. <laughs> oh no, that's a big dingo. <laughs> or a tiny bumblebee. Or a tiny bumblebee. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Bill, Hi. how would you fix this? <laughs> um, so I did amazing amounts of research and read the book before this one. Uh, how long did that take? Five minutes. All right. So much research. So much research, and the the cat is a bit of a jerk in the book, but it's really just two kids on a rainy day stuck in a house. Hmm. Cat has some fun. He cleans it up. That's it. It's about rhyming, and it's about it's about rhyming and just yeah. being a kid's book. Yeah. Maybe in in the book is the mom like the mom is one. It's kind of like the nanny and the Muppets, where she's mostly an off screen character. Mm-hmm. But is she like keep the house clean? Because if I don't, I get fired. Kind so, of thing is that no. in there? So the book is it's a rainy day. The kids have nothing to do inside. They're very bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're bored, bored, bored. They're sitting, sitting, sitting. They hear a bump. The cat comes in. And then the fish starts talking and saying, hey, this cat's going to make this house a mess. Don't trust this cat. And then just as they see the mom walking in, like you see her feet in the window, the cat cleans everything up with the scoopomatic machine like in the movie. That is, oh, there's the dress and the things. But that is it. Like, so I think that's how you would fix it. You would just not have the mom character and that mm-hmm. The stakes. You just don't yeah. have the stakes, so that way you can relate to these kids a little bit better. Yeah, the, the kids, they're one of them, they're just too, they're not established as a control freak and a rule breaker. They're yeah. just, again, kids staring out a rainy window. And I thought that would have helped establish the movie better tonally to just have start with kids staring out a rainy window and just being incredibly bored. And that's going to go into my real good a little bit and just how we set the tone for this. I'm fine with them exploring this world that they made, but I felt like they made this really cool house and we didn't get to see all of it. And that could have been a cool take is replace Mike Myers. Uh, I almost want to say Jim Carrey again. I'm not trying to lean on him too mm-hmm. much, but I just can't think of anyone who's more charismatic physically. Uh, a year after this, so he did eternal sunshine at the spotless mind. So he's off to better things at this time. Uh, so replace Mike Myers different tone for me i would like to have seen the house a little more and maybe seen that crazy world and this house mixed together if you're going to keep that stupid box in any way and just yeah i did really want to see what was upstairs yeah like i bet their rooms would look cool they would look cool and just like make it one of those magic movie houses where there's just rooms and rooms tacked on if you need to put them in there mm-hmm. uh and it just they ran around this bright sunny town which is it was designed well. It just didn't work for me. Like, mm-hmm. again, they're trapped. They're not trapped. 
again, the book is just, they're stuck in this house. And you can get outside and explore beyond, explore beyond the book, which is great. But to me, this really threw all the source material aside. Mm-hmm. And we have this chasing a dog for 40 minutes and a cat hat guy getting hit in the balls and being racially mm-hmm. offended. Like, Miss Kwan is a made-up character. She's yep. not in the book. She's it wasn't not like they like, the oh, but we have to include her. And they made up this character just to be mean to her. Oh. And I hate that. I hate meanness in movies. Well, especially because yeah. it's like she just fills a hole where they were like, oh, well, why doesn't the mom hire a babysitter? Mm-hmm. But if she hires a babysitter, how will the cat become? Like, well, narcoleptic babysitter. Problem solved. It's like, yeah. ugh. I feel like such a lazy choice. It was just, uh, yeah. I just, I don't like how mean this was. And again, the cat in the book is a bit of a jerk. Right. But he's So not... is Salem and Sabrina. Yeah, well, and <laughs> Salem did try to take over the world, but the cat in the hat never threatens to murder anything. And I just <laughs> that's I, that's good. I couldn't stand that. Like this in your face meanness with Miss Kwan and the cat and Mike Myers making like these like son of a bitch and shit jokes to kids. I yeah. was just like this isn't a safe environment for anyone. No. This movie's not safe. So, so I don't know if I said how I'd fix it. Cut Mike Myers, make it more fantastical. There you go. Matt? Uh, my initial gut instinct was burn it to the ground mm-hmm. with this one because I just disliked Mike Myers so much that I was like, oh, how do you make a nice, likable version of this movie? But both of you guys have kind of sparked some good ideas, I think, and so I'll steal from you guys and twist it a bit. Hell I, I, yeah. I really like Bill's idea of like keeping it in the house. Just Rachel uh, just threw me the hang loose sign. But. Yeah. <laughs> But I like Bill's idea of keeping it in the house, and we don't need to leave the house. Like, there's enough going on with all these characters that leaving the house isn't necessary. Well, especially once you've introduced interdimensionality to it. And Yeah, but you can also, like, have that, like, I, I want more depth from the relationship that we're supposed to care about, which is, like, the mom and her kids. I want that to mean something, and I want, from the beginning, it's, like, very quickly just thrown at you that, like, this kid sucks, his sister's too uptight, and the mom has to leave. And suck. But, like, Conrad is just, like, a wrecking ball. Like, there's no heart to him at the beginning. You don't even get to see a glimmer I, of that. I hated when he just pulled that drawer out and dumped it. Yeah. Yeah, he from just, that moment on, he's fighting a real uphill that, battle. That's, like, his first minute of being on camera. And that's the thing is he doesn't even seem like a believable bratty no. kid. He's just, like, a cartoonishly bad kid and the mom is just like, oh, well, he's just, he's fine. And it's like, no, your kid needs some help. He like, might actually need to go to military, military school. school. might not be the worst idea. Yeah. But, like, something with that kid needs to change. And my problem is that, like, I don't feel for that kid at all. Like, so him getting in trouble for making a mess with the cat, good. <laughs> like, he probably deserves to be in trouble for ten other things as well. But I think keeping it inside, having something at the beginning be like, take out the babysitter. The kids can stay home alone, whatever. They're old enough. Um, Pretty sure I was staying home alone yeah, by that point. Same. Yeah, yeah. And so I think having the mom leave at the beginning be Look more. Look how of, good I turned out. Exactly. <laughs> have it be where like the mom has to leave and the kids are kind of annoyed because she kind of like a Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way kind of parent. Mm, yeah. Where it's like, no, but I'm trying really hard. Like, I promise I'll be back. And they're like, you say that all the time or whatever. And that's why Conrad acts out. It's like he's trying to get attention from yeah. her, which is maybe what they're trying to say here, but it's not 
Well, he just looks like out. he's trying to have fun, See, right? I fully disagree on like the parent thing, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. I think, like, based off of what Bill was describing, the fact that the mom's like not in it, the it sounds like the book is more about use your imagination, like learning how to use your imagination, and like you have stuff to do even though you're bored. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like if they had went more that direction, it would have. You wouldn't have to build this whole trust between the mother and the parents and the audience and the mother. And yeah, well, that's think, more of a burn it down and start over. I think we're all kind of a burn it down. We've taken out the main actor, really, because you haven't heard from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the the stakes of the party are bad. I don't like Sean Hayes being in it. I especially don't like him being in it twice. Like, why is the fish and the boss the same voice? It makes me believe that they're supposed to be connected in some way. Oh, shit. He was the voice of the fish? Yeah, yep. he's the voice. <laughs> like, for me, I'm like, okay, we've met this character. He's an angry boss who only fires people, and now he's a, also a fish? Like, why did you not just hire a second actor for the fish role? Yeah, I don't get See, that. I think that that's what they were trying to go for on some parts and why it's so shaky of a story because the she works at this place where the boss is all about hand sanitizer mm-hmm. and so it's like the sanitize sanitization of fun of imagination yeah which is the goldfish's character and the part of he, he plays i so agree I and i wish they, they would do more of that sort of like i want hints of the mom wanting to stay home and play with her kids but then maybe she goes to work and they there's, beat down her creativity there's the there's the turn and look at the door and the time right but like the only the only hint we see of her wanting to play with her kids is the very last like second to last shot of the movie is her jumping on the couch mm. with her kids and apparently magic still real in this house I don't know what's going on in this hey, movie magic is always real I, I sure he fixed that couch man something but for me it's just yeah I'm missing there's no attachment to any characters in this film I don't like any of them and so whether it's by making it about imagination and making like you don't need those stakes because we've all been kids we know that messing up your house you're probably gonna get in some trouble like that's enough of stakes it doesn't need to be because of a party it can just be because we've all been kids and know that if we mess up a house, parents don't like that. I don't know. I don't. I don't no like shoes this movie. in the house. Hmm? No, no shoes in the house. Yeah, yeah, that's my house. Yeah. If you come over to my house, please take your shoes off. Noted. Same. Um, I guess for me, I, I think you obviously you, even if you keep Mike Myers in it, I guess there's one big thing that I would change, and that is there was there were no stakes to the cat why is he here what drew him from his dimension to be here and like in the book it doesn't really matter because it's such a simple simple story right it's just a it's not even a story really it's just it's a a couple things happen but in here it's sort of like I liked uh, Matt I think you were talking I don't remember who was talking about it with the you know when he has the hat and he starts to um, change after he loses the hat maybe and I like that idea and I like the idea of like he has to get back like there's something that he has to do because in here I was still very unclear about why he was doing what he was doing was he just some was he you know um, just somebody who gets called from the nether realm to to fix broken children I, I don't understand why 
he was here? What was his, I mean, I get it in terms of just very blatant, like you need to calm down and you need to loosen up, but why? Like, is he some sort of guardian angel? Like, what is he? That would be so good. If there was, like, even just a moment of one of the kids or the mom or somebody saying, like, I just wish that my kids, like, I wish my kids could have a great time or like that. I wish I wasn't so busy to not have fun with my kids. And then he shows up and he's, like, granting that. And it's kind of a Clarence, it's a wonderful life thing. Yeah. Where he's earning his wings of some sort. So he his goal is to try and make sure these kids learn the lesson. Yeah. And I think that is what I was missing from it, because it, it, at a certain point, once he shows up, it's just chaos. And I like the idea also that it, as an agent of chaos, you could play this a little differently to where it is like they real. I mean, he, he's a gremlin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is. He's 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 somebody that comes in to muck up the works. Mm-hmm. And that could be something, too, where the kids realize they don't. They don't need this. Or they don't want it. Or they Especially don't want it. Especially they're just like, yo, you got to go, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which is what they did do. They the did, end. but then he comes back in like a minute mm-hmm. and it's yeah. and it's all fine. Like, I, I think that there were no stakes there. And that was the big thing that like, even though it'd still be weird and it would still be weird <laughs> and it would still be weird, it would... I, I found myself getting lost in the middle of it and just not caring because I wasn't sure what... Aside from the house, like, why was the cat doing this? Like, what? why was he here? So... Why do you have lawyers? What, exactly. Like, there's lawyers and everything is involved. And I get it. It's a joke. Ha, ha, ha. But, but why, like, how does it make He has a contract. Sense? It reminds me of Willy Wonka. Yeah. Which is where it's so like, lazy. Yes. Yeah. But it's like he has this, like, super long contract that the kids aren't going to read all this stuff of, like, sign here and you'll get everything you've ever wanted. And it's like, okay, but in Willy Wonka, it makes sense. He's, like, the business owner. He's... Yeah, doing this thing, it's like the cat in the hat makes it seem like he works for a like a corporation that so, like sends cats out to people. So there's, Steal there, children's yeah, soul. there's some ending where it's like, all right, uh, Conrad, I'm taking your sister. Bye. She's thing three. Yeah. Thing three. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. Go dark, dark go nuts. Twist. You know. Yeah. Um, but what was the? There was some part which at which they like violated the contract. Uh, it was because uh, they opened the box. Oh, right. And then so, it reinstated because they learned a lesson. So if they had not learned a lesson, like he's just he just bails. Yeah. Like yes. that's the whole point of the movie. Is just like this cat, like you said, there's nothing to make him want to do this. There is no benefit to him being good right. in any way other than that he signed a contract. But it's not like they're like and if you help the kids fulfill this contract, you get a million dollars. Like he would, he wants to bail from the very beginning and just doesn't because they learn a lesson that we're told they learn. Yeah. So I, I think that would be it. I would also err on the side of recasting. I don't think Mike Myers was the right pick. But even with that, my biggest thing was just a story thing. It's like yeah. there's no, you know, there's there, there needs to be more happening here with this character. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it for me. All right. We each have our own rating system. We need to rate this thing. I will start. My rating system is the which Star Wars movie is it? This is The Phantom Menace. Mm. There are elements of The Phantom Menace I like, but it's also a weird movie. (laughs) And there are things in it that are for kids that don't (laughs) seem to belong there. And then there are things that, that, that contrast with that that also don't seem to belong in a kid's movie. So, yeah, this is the most like The Phantom Menace, I think. Um, But that movie had poop jokes. Oh, it did. At least one. At least one. And one fart joke. There was one poop joke and one fart joke. Jar Jar is in both. Yeah, of course he is. (laughs)
No one's surprised. Jar Jar stepped in poop, and then whatever that animal was farted near him, and he went, oh, oh stinky. <laughs> he does. Oh, my God. It's so bad. I saw that in the theater, what, 10, 12, 13, 247 times. <laughs> I'm still seeing it in the theater. Right now, I am watching The Phantom Menace in the theater. You can't unsee it in the no. theater. Matt? What's your rating? <laughs> My rating system is the possessed mushroom puppet scale of enjoyment. You're never changing. Never until I think of something good, and so far, <laughs> nothing. Uh, I like enjoyment scales, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, they work, but everyone else is so clever and good. Um, That's my life. <laughs> I work, but everyone else is so clever and good. <laughs> uh, this gets like two out of five possessed mushroom puppets because... Again, one out of five is the the things Manos area of the scale that I like. Don't ever put anything down there, really, unless I feel like turning it off, like every five minutes. <laughs> this didn't get that bad for me. I was able to deal with it, but it still wasn't fun. So two out of five. Excellent, Bill. What's your rating system? Uh, so I watch all these movies with my wife, who I love very much, and she gives certain looks to the movie uh, when something peculiar happens. Actually. I'm sorry we don't have a camera here because, Rachel, you did a really good job <laughs> of what that look looks like earlier. Uh, this movie warranted 14 looks. Wow. Uh, she really was unsettled by Miss Kwan. Uh, she also... Fair. Oh, that's what those check marks are in yeah, your yeah. notes. I was trying to figure that out. When you guys think that we're not, we're not making it up, Bill really keeps track of this. Yeah. yeah. My wife is aware of these looks, by the way. She has she doesn't like it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you love watching a movie with someone and having someone look at you for your reaction to it. Yeah. She also made a delicious uh, blood orange drizzle loaf, which is tasty and was a great dessert. And it's all gone. It's all gone. Yeah, we <laughs> ate it all today. It looked beautiful. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel? So my rating scale, I... I have one brewing in my in my mind of a new one, but until I It's not uh, there yet. Yeah, until I perfect it, my current rating scale is a regular A through F. Uh F being why was this made? This is the worst movie of all time I've ever seen. I had no fun watching it and it was just bad. Um which is like Batman versus Superman mm -hmm. bad. And then A is like uh, this movie was like not the best movie. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It was a movie. It's a movie. Mm -hmm. It's a movie. It's a movie like Mario uh, Brothers. Dear God. <laughs> um, oh, I like how your A through F grading system starts it, with Mario. Like Mario Brothers is the A. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> skewed. Yeah, uh, it's which, for this. Actually, I don't remember what grade I gave Mario Brothers. But I don't either. I, I don't feel like it was an A. I don't but, think it was. But, like, but, but I yeah. guess in retrospect, you decided it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would put this in D. D, okay. flat D, because there's still some elements that you can change, um, like Avatar Last Airbender. <laughs> um, that was just like a piece of garbage yeah. and flush it down the toilet, burn it, and then uh, explode the toilet kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, But this one was just like, if you changed a lot of things, you can still make it a movie. Sure. That makes sense. Okay. Well, at this point, we're going to dive into our final segment, which is Real Good, where we try to recommend something for you that is 
hopefully going to get the taste of this movie out of your mouth. Bill, we're going to start with you. What's uh, your real good? I thought about this one for a long time because I always try and find comparisons in my real good. And I just ended up on read a book, honestly. <laughs> read read The Cat in the Hat. Read The Grinch Till Christmas. Or better yet, uh, watch the animated fil- version of The Grinch Till Christmas. Oh, yeah. When, and I know it's January when we're recording this, but <laughs> just... Listen to this podcast and wait 11 months and come back and watch that movie. It's great. You know, this podcast will be around for, you can come back, you might, people might be listening to this around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 2028. Yeah. I was going to say like Atomic World. <laughs> yeah. In 10 years. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing but this podcast and the Grinch till Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Matt, what's your real good? Uh, my real good is another Bo Welch, Alec Baldwin joint. And it's Beetlejuice. Mm. Uh, it's a very good movie good with shit. very good uh, production design. And maybe is where Bo Welch should have stayed. Clearly, he also agrees because he went back and started doing production design again. I don't oh, think. I was Sorry. thinking about how I was trying to think of another scary character that is Agent of Chaos that has oh, godlike characteristics. That is, this movie is so similar Beetlejuice. to Beetlejuice. Holy shit! It's Beetlejuice. It's very similar to Beetlejuice. <laughs> good, real sorry. good. Can the hat? Can the hat? Can the hat? Yeah. Don't don't do that. What don't are you doing? Do. Now he's here. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Oh, why, why would you do that? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'll make it look like a bloody accident. Oh god. <laughs> wow. That yeah. No, those two are even more similar than I thought. Mm-hmm. Except one is fun. <laughs> yeah. And funny. And funny. Yeah. And scary. And scary. Like intentional. Wow. It's so similar. It is. I'm <laughs> just thinking of like God all damn. The, like so many Beetlejuice moments now. Where I'm like, that's very similar to like when they decide, you know what, we're done with you, Beetlejuice. We don't want you around helping us anymore because your help is bad. Yeah. Michael Keaton as the cat. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of like that. If you were the voice of my puppet cat, maybe. <laughs> ah, Robert Downey Jr. Oh. I don't know. I like. The... I like it, just sort of a disaffected cat. Oh yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah. Hmm. Any, anyway, Rachel, <laughs> what's your real good? Um, my real good is a show that I just finished, uh, and it's like relatively new. Uh, the series of unfortunate events. Mm, that was in my mind about the, the how to fix it. And just that tone. Yeah. I think, cause, well, I read those books when I was a kid. I actually didn't finish them because I, like, aged out of them somehow. Um, by aging? Yeah. <laughs> by aging. How did that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I still wanted to know what happened to the Baudelaire children uh, because, you know, it was epic. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that I was thinking about series because – similar to the world in the sense that it's like this weird ridiculous fabricated world and also Count Olaf played by Neil Patrick Harris is a really good bad guy but also like a ridiculous bad guy who's also bad at being bad and I kind of like those kinds of bad guy characters Um, I like bad guys who are bad at being bad I I do love that that is funny so I think that that is my real good. He's done that before. Oh, and Doctor Horrible. Yeah, Doctor Horrible. Yeah. He's he's oh, yeah. bad at being a bad guy. <laughs> I this is really difficult for me because I don't really. I, I just children's media in in general has never worked for me. So as we all know, so I struggle with this. Um, 
So what I'm going to say is let's go with a good Mike Myers movie, which I'm going to say you don't have to watch the first one, but watch the second Mike Myers uh, or excuse me, the second uh, Austin Powers movies, The Spy Who Shagged Me, which I think I've never seen Mike Myers more on than in that film in particular. Have you ever seen So I Married an Axe Murderer? That was almost my real good. That was God almost my, re- my real good. damn it. I forgot about So yeah. I Married an Axe Murderer. And I was, it's this... one of my favorite comedies. <laughs> it's so good. And I forgot it. Head, paper, <laughs> new. It's so good. Oh my yeah. God. That's, that's like one of his movies that definitely holds up for me. That yeah. I could go back and rewatch. And that was before, that was going back to how his humor has aged. That was before he was a character. I yeah. am he just pl- so angry. <laughs> I mean, he, he does play other characters in that film, but the, his main character he plays in that film is just an average guy. Exactly. She was He's part not- of the Cosa Nostra. It's so good. That movie... That's our collective real good. It yeah. is. Yeah. Fuck everything else. <laughs> if you haven't seen So I Married an Axe Murderer, I highly recommend it. It is funny. It's cute. It's, uh, it's, it's got some twists. It's got some really good twists. It's so good. It's uh, Mike Myers before he became huge. Yeah. He did this weird little quirky movie. It's very 90s. Woman. Whoa, man. man. Whoa, <laughs> man. We had love, not just sex. Is she Mrs. X? I had to run for my life. Jane, get me off this crazy thing called life. Yes, I've seen this movie a few times. You knew way more of that than I ever anticipated. I love this movie, and I am so embarrassed that I forgot. I'm very, I was very surprised you didn't say that one first. It's one of my defining movies of high school. I was also surprised it didn't come up earlier. I know. Yeah. Oh my god! Because it's like it's one of those little gems. That, it's a gem. Yeah, a hidden gem. It's a hidden because it wasn't. It's a good movie, but it wasn't one of his blockbuster. No, it's one of those that like plays late at night on Comedy Central. Yeah, and it's it's weird too because the when you describe it to someone, if you describe So I Married an Axe to someone, they're like, uh huh, yeah. Hmm. I'm like, no, you have to watch it. <laughs> to really get why it's so funny. And then Mike Myers has lots of great Mike Myers moments in it where like where he walks in on the, the he opens the shower door expecting it to be his girlfriend but it's her sister and his reaction is so wonderful. Like it, it's oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you were somebody else. I'm sorry. And then shuts shuts the door. Like it's so god <laughs> Damn it, I can't believe I forgot about. <laughs> if my friend Aaron is listening to this, that was our collective favorite movie. And I, oh, I'm just so disappointed in myself. Oh, no. I don't know, guys. Maybe I'm getting old. <laughs> it's time for a nap. I don't know. For some reason, the burbs and So I Married an Axe Murderer kind of like go hand in hand in they my do. brain. They do. Yeah. But they're very different movies. They're very different. They're very different, but I feel like the, the like theming is similar and the- They were kind of directed by different people. Well, were they not? And they were kind of written by different people, too. Were they written and directed <laughs> by the same person? No. Okay. That's why they're different, though. <laughs> oh, you're just being a jerk. I'm, I'm very angry. <laughs> I'm angry at myself. I'm taking it out on you. I don't like it. <laughs> End the podcast, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Happy New Year, everybody.
Hopefully, uh, 2019 doesn't take as much as 2018 did. Uh, it's a really happy note we're going out on here. <laughs> I'm so mad. I can't believe I forgot one of my favorite, all-time favorite comedy movies. Nick, I want to go home. <laughs> well, we've, we've just we've just remembered it. I know. That's I think I might go happen. watch remember, that again. Right? Remember that moment on Blu-ray? You can borrow where it. Stephen Wright is the pilot. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How do you know where you're going? Instruments, instruments. This is the artificial horizon, which is better than the actual horizon. I love this movie. Anyway, okay. All right, we got to wrap up here because Matt's going to punch me any minute. We've been here for two hours. I know. <laughs> I missed you guys. I think it's been a really interesting hour. I've... Two hours. Yeah, two hours. <laughs> one, one hour of it was I'm interesting. Really, I'm really curious about what this episode's going to sound like. I think I'm going to cut an extended edition. It's a four-hour episode. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to slow it down 50%. I'm going to keep repeating things over and over again. All right, Rachel, you have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. We do. Uh, I mean, I do. <laughs> I forgot. Sam's, Sam's not, not here. Not here. Um, I have a podcast with another person who is on this podcast as well called Real Love. Uh, we like to say it's a sister podcast to this one, um, but it comes on once a week. Right now, we kind of uh, had been not doing that, but well, it's, it's the holidays. It, yeah, a lot of holidays, <laughs> but we're coming back, baby. And <laughs> uh, you can find that uh, with Real Love with two E's on all your podcatcher places and you can follow us on twitter at real love pod excellent bill you work on a show that we all love yes i am a video maker on scishow so check it out you were just on oh were you on the live stream or not no you were working not today not today's no you'll be on one of them i'll be on them someday yes and matt you have a podcast i do have a podcast it's also on sort of a winter hiatus right now uh, it's called I Love It, where I talk to my friends about the things they love and why they love them. Was your last one with Devin? No, the last one was with uh, my friend Abby, oh, yeah, uh, who uh, talked about loving the holidays and especially Christmas and the fact that her family has a Christmas room uh, in their house, which is decorated for Christmas all year round, 24 hours a day. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> Abby. Like but also, like... Very endearing. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a very... It's like, not weird like Cat in the Hat weird. No. Um, but if you miss the holiday spirit, you can go back and listen to that one or catch up in the time that we got this little hiatus happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, new episodes will go up in a week or two. And I'm going to be at PodCon. And I just ordered some really fun, cool stickers for they I Love great. It. And I'm excited to pass those out at PodCon. So if you're at PodCon, come up and say hi, and I'll give you some stickers. You can tell them you like Real Bad, too, if you want it. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. I will not be at PodCon <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I have to travel too much this year and don't want to travel again. It's my theme song. <laughs> uh, you can find us at Real Bad Pod on Twitter, or you can go to patreon.com slash realbadpod and uh, check out some of our tiers there if you'd like to contribute. Really appreciate it. Um, and a big thank you going out to Candice, Black Duck Studios, Carly B, and I Love It Podcast. Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can head over to cageclub.me and check out more of our other podcasts like Now and Again, Cruise Club, and, of course, Third Time's a Charm, where they just talked about Return of the Jedi, and it's adorable. Uh, but next week is going to be Mac and me. <laughs> so everybody crack your necks and get ready for that <laughs> shit, because until then, this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.